I'm late. No, you got here right on time. No, I'm late. It's the late show. Sorry, I'm late. You're too late. <laughs> the wizard is never late. Can I help you? Yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna see the show. But not to come late. You are late. You're late, man. Always late, huh? The hour goes late. You're late. I'm not paying for those. But is he already too late to save his friends? You're too late! And I'm like, dude. <laughs> you're not going from Mary Poppins to a savage killer. <laughs> I would say yes, it lives up to the hype. <laughs> what little hype I had for it, it was pretty damn good. You have an extra coaster in here? Uh, no, it's fine. You don't. Just put it here. I was gonna, well, that's out of reach. Well, then... <sighs> you you don't need the coaster. Oh, wait, you put your fucking can on the desk. Well, wait, are you going to put the coaster on the carpet? Yeah, I was going to put the coaster on the carpet so I would have a flat surface to put my cup. I do this all the time. All right. Well, it doesn't matter anyway. The cup's going to sit on the carpet just fine. No, because then... If it, the coaster's uneven, the coaster it's going to be just as uneven, uneven as the carpet's going to be. What? I'm going to flatten you out. Watch. Flattened out. It would be just as fine on the carpet doesn't itself. matter. You didn't need it either. I'm going to ruin the wood of my desk, and I appreciate You're wood. You're not going to ruin... John, are you an appreciator of wood? No. That's a Curb Your Enthusiasm reference. Do you watch that show at all? I don't. Oh, it's good. <laughs> um, well, on that note, let's just bring it on into the podcast. Welcome, one, welcome all to Late to the Show podcast. Uh, this week, for the first time, I have John Rosenblum sitting across from me. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, well, you should be. And uh, I'm, I'm ja- lucky to be here. <laughs> I'm Jake Lavoy, and... Uh, it's my idea, but I'm the one who's lucky to still be on the show. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, it's not the first time, but this is late to the show podcast and this is, uh, part two. Our first ever. Yeah. Um, well, would you consider the Dreamcast a part two no. to the, no? No. Okay. All right. Well, this is a that part was, two. That, I guess that it's was not adjacent. a continuation. Yeah. yeah. That was Mortal Kombat adjacent. <laughs> that was a subsidiary of Mortal Kombat. That was a spinoff, not a direct <laughs> follow up. Um, Oh, you know what? We should have released this one and then released the first part as a prequel. Damn. <laughs> Fuck. All right, we'll just delete the first part. We'll release this one. Oh, it's eh, going to take forever. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the, yeah, this is part two of our last podcast, which was, hey, our perfect, our list of perfect movies. Yes. Uh, which, are we going to whittle any of these out? Oh, yeah. Um, here. Well, let's, Don't we, say them out yeah, loud. we're not going to say them out loud. Uh, let's just I mean, real quick. Uh, you haven't seen this one, right? I have not seen that one. All right, I'm getting rid of it. Okay. Um, I'm going to get rid of all the ones that we both have not seen. I already got rid of one, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven left. Eight. Fuck. Okay. I think, okay, we've got more time, though. We're starting earlier today, I think. That's so true. we've got more time. Okay. Cool, cool beans, okay. beans, cool Plus, beans. Plus, you know, it depends on how quickly we burn through some of the movies, you know? Yeah, true. So, what were the movies last week, Jake? God, I deleted the tabs already, John. Really? Because I remember them. <laughs> well, fine. Uh, we, Toy Story 1, Incredibles 1. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse, yes. Spider-Man 2, Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire. Yep, two more. Um, uh, okay, uh, fucking... What was the one before Princess Bride? Thomas Boy. Oh, yes. Thomas Jr. Big Tom Callahan's son. Tommy Boy. And then The Princess Bride. And The Princess Bride. We did six movies last week, and we had a ball. Yes. So we actually went so long that we're like, fuck, we're going to have to split this up into two episodes. Because we had 16 movies. 
we we had ten more tabs open. Fuck yeah! So we had sixteen movies laid out, and we got through not even half of them. <laughs> but, but we whittled that down a little bit. Yeah, we took out uh, any of the movies that neither of us, like or that only one of us had seen. Yep, which were both movies that you picked. And they'll be on. That's better suited for our standard episodes, yes. and we'll do them eventually. Yeah. Well, where were they? It was super bad. Uh, I don't. Know. We, we, won't say we them. you could say them at this point. All right, it was super bad, and uh, what was the one I just deleted? The Man from Uncle. Thank you. I was like, God, am I retarded? What's happening here? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, so those look forward to those ones in the future at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, also, real quick, uh, since I asked some people's opinions last week, but we ran so long, and because I didn't know what you know what all we were gonna have time for and everything, um, I asked a couple people what their favorite movies were. Their uh, their perfect movies. Uh, Molly said, uh, former guest of the podcast, former guest on the podcast for the Birdcage episode. Yes. Um, she said uh, when Harry met Sally. Yeah, I've as, seen as, parts of that movie as a uh, as like the first example of like a modern rom com, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Anti Mame, which is like an older, early looked like it was thirties kind of like a maybe screwball comedy. I'm not quite sure that actually pushed, came out in the thirties. Yeah, or it's, it's an based old. In the 30s. It was no, no, it was a, it was an older movie. Might have been thirties, forties. I don't remember. I'm not going to look it up on IMDb. Okie doke. Um, but uh, as, as it was one that, for a lot of the same reasons she said for uh, When Harry Met Sally, and also kind of pushed the the Hayes Code. Uh, the Hayes Code? Yeah. Oh, the, 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 the R rating shit? Yeah, the, the 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 Hollywood Code, where it's like you can't show like oh, these oh, yes, things. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I got it mixed up. Okay. Um, And then uh, I asked Haley. Uh, she said The Martian. Um, the the recent Martian, the one with Matt Damon. Oh, the Martian. She considers uh, that a perfect movie. Yes, let me actually pull up her text, and I will read exactly what she said. Okay. Uh, while I'm pulling that up, and I asked Nick, and he said the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm. He says, "Did it you is tell him that I said just the first one?" Uh, no. And spoiler alert for later on in this episode. Uh, I'm talking about The Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey. Thank anyways. you. Anyways, <laughs> do 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 do. Let me find this text. By the way, I like The Martian. I thought it was a good movie, but I wouldn't consider it perfect just because I get annoyed by all of Matt Damon's fucking smarmy remarks. Yeah, but that's in the book, too. I know, but I... The book was really good. I mean, if they're going to leave stuff out of a movie for most books, they could have left that out for me. Yeah, I, I just am upset but, they didn't take my feelings into consideration. Oh, well, <laughs> we can discuss The Martian at a different point, but anyway, so uh, she says, okay, so I thought about it, and I feel like The Martian is a perfect movie. I think it portrays the feelings of the characters really well in an approachable way. The visuals and sound work is stunning and inspires wonder in me. It makes me think beyond just the story being told. Uh, that could uh, that could be because space is already a mysterious thing, but I feel like it is an approachable amount of mystery, unlike Interstellar. As for as far as a movie being perfect, I don't know enough about filmmaking to know what makes a film perfect. As a musician, I know that when it comes to the technical aspects of a piece, it can be considered perfect. But just like all art, opinion and preference also play an important role. To me, a perfect movie tells the story perfectly. But I know that someone well versed in movie making uh, might disagree. Uh, so that's what she said. So she said The Martian. She just she felt that everything <clears throat> came together yeah. in it perfectly. And, I mean, that's the way we define our perfect movies, so... Pretty much. Yeah, that's cool. So... If we ever do another perfect movie list, we'll have her on, since she's clearly put a lot of thought into that, so... Nice. Yeah. She actually... uh, Because I texted her before we recorded last week's podcast, and then I didn't get back to... Or she didn't get back to me until after we had recorded it, so... Hmm. You know what would be cool is, actually, we should do an episode where we do take former guests of the podcast and have them come on and just do a single movie, and then the whole episode will just be... Um, why that one small is... segments with each person 
Oh yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, we could. That's something we could record piecemeal too. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Nice. So I then like we'll it. say, and the next one, and then I'll just abrupt cut to yeah. next conversation. The audio quality is all different. <laughs> Everything's like clearly recorded. As long as we're, I mean, we'll probably just do it all out in my kitchen or dining room area. Nah, so. I know, but I mean, you, you ever <laughs> notice that on podcasts when like they have like a cut, like they have to put an insert in, like all of a sudden the audio quality is completely different. Right. There's like an echo or something that yeah. there wasn't there before. Or like, or like they cleaned this segment up better than the re- the other segment, so it sounds. Nicer. Or just the mic is placed differently like away exactly. further or closer exactly. fuck where'd i have this that all right works. but yeah so that's that's a that's a thought for a future episode future perfect movie episode i do like that idea though i do like that idea because uh oh, for the next few guests that we get on here we could also just real quick say hey can you stay for like an extra 10 minutes or something Sweet. and talk about your movie yeah all right because cool. it's gonna be for <laughs> excuse jesus excuse me <laughs> We'll just say it's going to be for some future bullshit that we're going to do. Right, yeah, I like this. Yeah. Oh, very uh, good. Oh, except yeah. if our guests, you know, listen to the podcast. Was that? Know. You know, unless our guests listen to the podcast, they'll know what the future bullshit is. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can just cut all this out. Who knows? I'm not cutting this out. No, that's fine. All right, so I think <laughs> Planning we prob- goes into it. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, so I think uh, we should probably start picking up our... Uh, are you trying to rush me, John? I am. What, 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 were you worried we have more movies than last week? Because we, we do. do. We got two more movies this week to talk about, potentially. All right. Uh, this next movie was on your list, so why don't you yep. fucking give us the uh, intro there, Johnny Boy. So, I know it's the middle of, well, the end of July at this point. Christmas in July. What? Christmas. Yeah. Christmas in July. July. It's a Christmas story. Yes. To me, beyond the joke of Die Hard being the best uh, Christmas movie ever, I truly believe a Christmas story is the best, like the quintessential Christmas story, mm-hmm. Christmas movie, not not Christmas. A Christmas story is the name of the movie. Is it? Yes. Oh, okay. And I just, to me, this I think encapsulates <clears throat> the actual feeling of the holiday, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, the the disorganization of the family as they're trying to like get everything put together nicely for Christmas. The kid wanting something potentially unrealistic for Christmas. Uh, that. The, the scene where they're opening presents near the end of the movie is like, that's exactly what, like, you know, every Christmas I've ever had. That's that's how it, you know, how it is. Like, one right. person passing out presents, everybody <laughs> takes a turn. Um, they kind of show off what they got. You know, when you're younger, you're playing with the one toy that you really like while the rest of them sit in a pile ready to <laughs> gather dust for the rest of eternity. Right. Um, and to me, like, it, it avoids the sappiness of a lot of christmas movies where it's like mm-hmm. you know it's like oh you know it, it doesn't it doesn't touch on like whether or not santa claus is real or like you know the true meaning of christmas or like mm-hmm. any sort of religious message for it or anything it's just like here is your normal midwestern family maybe that's too why i relate to it so well as we're in the midwest <laughs> correct um you know here's your typical midwestern family a fucking week before christmas as they're getting ready for christmas to happen right and probably the most sappiest moment is when uh uh, Ralphie finally gets his uh, spoiler alert BB gun, and like the dad's like, you, you know how to open it? You can see like he's choked up at giving yeah. Ralphie that. That's like as sappy as it gets, and it's over pretty quickly. Yeah, but it's like just the right amount of like family, ah, like family niceness. Yep, like meaning of Christmas kind of thing. Yep, that's that's about as close as it gets for the entire thing. The rest of it is just like. <clears throat> It's 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 realistic in a sense, mm-hmm. but also fantastical enough 
where it's like it's because like you get all of ralphie's like you know his dreams of how things are gonna play out right like, his imagination stuff yeah like when uh you know he gets soap poisoning and he's <laughs> supposed to be an adult who's been living his life but he's still the same kids playing him <laughs> as an adult right uh, <laughs> or uh when he uh fucking he's shooting black bart and his gang of uh bandits yeah like out out his house window <laughs> yeah um yeah i would actually i didn't even think of this because i mean i love a christmas story but i'd say my favorite christmas movie is probably uh national lampoon's christmas vacation um but like christmas story is like the it is a perfect movie because it, it does play it so real yeah like it's like oh yeah this is a like real christmas but it's still funny it doesn't have to go over the top like some of the shit from um christmas, christmas vacation yeah see like and then to me because i finally saw christmas vacation for the first time last year what the fuck really yeah god and damn I, it and, but i wasn't it was fine yeah but it, it probably got too played up for you over fucking 26 years possibly not really <laughs> like it wasn't just it for me it wasn't something that came up that much really just it never was like oh. vac- like i saw vacation it was fine i saw christmas vacation it was fine but like and yeah that like and maybe that's that's a good comparison because christmas vacation you know it's realistic there's the people who take their christmas decorating way too seriously but it's still blown up but like, it's like excessively so right uh yeah though molly has often described her dad as being clark griswold from uh family or uh, christmas vacation right when it comes to <laughs> decorating for christmas um but uh so yeah to me like and maybe it's because I relate more to Christmas story. Like this is how I remember like Christmas as being. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, it's also told from the kids' point of view, so that makes more sense too. It, also, a fair point. Because vacation like, is told from Clark's point of view for yes. the most part, and this one's told from Ralphie's. Right, especially because Ralphie's fucking narrating the whole thing. Yeah, but Ralphie as an adult is narrating the whole thing. Yeah, but an yeah. actual adult, not who very well remembers the way he thought about Christmas. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's just, like, it's heartwarming. It's, uh, it's infinitely rewatchable. I mean, fucking... That's why it's fucking played... It used hours. to be, and they don't do it anymore. Yeah, they do. I thought they were stopping it. I, I don't remember it playing 24 hours this year. It, it, I'm pretty I'm sure they're pretty not doing it anymore. It, if TBS is and somebody else is, I know okay, they Okay, I think TBS stopped then. They might... I mean, it could have just been they lost the rights, too. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it, you know, that shit moves around all the I time. I wouldn't be surprised so. if fucking Disney bought it and then they just put it on ABC Family for 24 hours. Or freeform it's not abc family anymore fucking freeform was the fucking all harry potter all the time channel (laughs) yeah well abc family was yeah well yeah which is funny because like you get like the idea it's christian values and i knew christian kids growing up who weren't allowed to watch harry potter same (laughs) i knew christian same oh you just knew people who could yeah well i knew christian kids who weren't allowed to play pokemon because there were dragons in it so you know oh what the fuck that's not like witchcraft that's it's big reptiles yeah but it's dragons dragons are satan so this is are they yeah satan's more of a goat it depends on the depiction, but dragons are also seen as demonic. Lame. Anywho. <laughs> Christmas story, on the other hand. Again, there's just like... Only slightly satanic. Only slightly satanic. <laughs> um, got the biggest asshole Santa ever in this Yes, movie, he's good. Which is which is great. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the two elves met for the first time on set and got married. Oh, really? Yep. Well, good for them. Isn't that nice? Um, they had such great chemistry. Actually, I don't think they say one word to each other. They, they just don't. talk through Santa. Yeah. 
Um, um, have you seen the uh, documentary on the making of this movie? I have not. I did not know oh, it was a documentary. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't think... Um, well, the dad, he's passed away. Yes. He was also the dad in Billy Madison, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen Billy Madison. <laughs> oh. Well, um... That one I have seen, though. It didn't have Peter Billingsley in it, but it had the... It had a uh, fucking flick, the toady, it had um, Scott Farkas, and it had the teacher... They didn't get interviews with like the people who are like still big now, <laughs> who are like still really doing stuff. Like, out of this movie, who? Peter Billingsley. Well, yeah. Who's fucking tight as shit with Vince Vaughn and is yeah. like behind the scenes now, but producing a ton of shit. Oh yeah. Like, uh, I mean, his company's also got ties with Netflix now because they're behind um, Bill Burr's show uh, "F is for Family." Huh. Um. <clears throat> And also great friends with John Favreau through Vince Vaughn. So, yeah. Uh, Man, actually, yeah, that. I can't think of. Well, I guess the mom wasn't in it, but she may have passed away. I don't know. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Oh, it did have uh, Ralphie's little brother in it, though. He did interviews for it. But yeah. anyway, it's just an interesting documentary. Yeah. Them talking about it, how they got the house and stuff, and how the house is actually now a museum for the movie. Cool. I don't remember where the house is at. I'm assuming probably Chicago, or yeah, maybe yeah. it's just L.A. Yeah. Who else? Um, I'd love to check that out. The kid who played Flick grew up to do porn, and now he owns like a memorabilia shop. You know what? I think I, I think I read that in trivia somewhere. <laughs> but uh, and the little toady for Scott Farkas, uh-huh. he's a bodybuilder now. Interesting. But he's only like he's really short still, but he's like fucking swole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like probably my height, but probably three hundred pounds of muscle. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. <laughs> uh, if Nick were on the podcast, he would inform you that Scott Farkas was in Resident Evil Two. A movie. Oh, he really? One, yeah, he was one of the fucking... I don't even know, one of the soldier dudes mm. in the fucking movie. <laughs> uh, he he did... had lines and he had a name, but I can't remember either. I believe he was also in Freddy vs. Jason. He plays uh, uh, one character's older brother who gets cut up by Freddy. Mm. Or no, 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 he gets like possessed, or Freddy pretends to be him to fuck with the one of the main characters. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Scott Farkas. Probably. We could look. Did you know he had yellow eyes? Yellow eyes. <laughs> so help me, he had yellow eyes. But yeah, uh, but, I would have to agree with you. I think Christmas Story is a perfect movie. Yeah, and I mean, for those of you who don't, you're, I mean, you've been made wrong by most of people. Yeah. Come Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, this just, I don't know. There's not, a, there's, it's a movie where not a lot happens. Because, like, it's all just a bunch of vignettes of, like, the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just, like, at the end, like, it all comes together for, like, a good feel-good just ending. Like, no matter what happens with this family, they all <clears> still <throat> love each other. They care about each other. Yeah, and another thing that plays up to it just being very real is how, like, anticlimactic the end is. Yeah. They just... It's just like... Well, everything's fucking ruined. Let's go get Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, you know, like, he finally gets his gun. And yeah. then he shoots his eye out, like yeah. he shoots his glasses, like like they said he was going to, and, right. and that's it. That's it. Just it's, he just gets to keep the gun, no 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 issues. <laughs> um, but like, and that's not like a fault of the movie. It's just it's it's how life is, right? Like it's it's just perfect. I love this fucking movie. <laughs> it's a good one. Daddy's um, gonna kill Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> also quotable. Yes, they're very quotable. 
Yeah, really quotable. I mean, didn't say fudge. We, yeah. I said the mother of all bad words. And then um, also pink nightmare. Yep. Anytime I wear pink, someone tells me, yeah, you look like a pink nightmare. Usually Kate, because her family loves this movie too. Yeah. Oh, always at Christmas <clears throat> whenever somebody puts something in somebody's lap that's like slightly heavy, they go, oh. thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. It's a ball. It's a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my parents, because they have two ginormous fucking dogs, they always go, Sons of bitches! Bumper shoes! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Quotable for yes. sure. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, right there. Yeah, okay. Actually, you know what? I'm going to ditch this one. Okay. Because we've already talked about we, it. We had a whole episode about it. Correct. Uh, it, was, it? it was a strange... Um, Stranger thing. <laughs> Stranger than fiction. But we don't need to talk about it. I already told you why I like it. Go watch it or fuck, listen, to, listen to it. Watch it on YouTube and look at the still frame for an yeah. hour and a half. If that's your thing. Uh, the next movie is a movie from my list. Oh, that's from the video game. Um, <clears throat> yes, it's a movie from my list. And uh, I'm expecting a lot of eye rolls when you listen to this. But Forrest Gump. I mean, you're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna put in crickets right there. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good idea. I mean, like, go, explain explain why you think it's perfect because I'm not super wild about Forrest Gump. Personally. That's fine, <clears throat> and I know a lot of people aren't. <clears throat> Jesus Christ! Get some fucking water, man. I got. Oh, I drank all that. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna call it a perfect movie, and this does sound snobby. I'm not like saying it's perfect for like. I'm saying it's perfect as far as, like, how this is definitely a movie where you can, like, switch to it at any point during it and be like, all right, I know what's going on from here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the perfect movie to just pick up on at any point during it. It's like, yep, this is a good movie. And it's not like... It's kind of a weird way to word it. I do like this movie overall anyway. Yeah. Like, I'm not... Like, I don't hate the movie or anything like that. I like the movie, actually, a lot. Um, <clears throat> I also really just like Tom Hanks. He's hilarious. Uh, but, um... I, now, see, I put this on my list, and I had more thoughts about it, but now I'm struggling to get them out again. Because we didn't get to it last week when they were fresh in your mind. <laughs> Chennai. <laughs> All right. Dan, Let's... ice cream. <laughs> Let's do this step by step. This movie's quotable as shit. That it is. I will not disagree with that because, I, I mean, as with like every fucking thing, I use Run, Forest, Run. Yes. Yeah. That's a classic. But, like, and you know what's funny? It's not considered, like, uh, like mentally disabled shaming or anything no. like that. It's not considered making fun of mentally challenged people. Well, it's not. I mean, I, this movie's not making fun of, like... No, no, no. I'm saying, but, like, quoting it. Like out of context, uh, okay, you could okay. it could be considered okay. that, but I'm glad it's not. But well, and most people don't, you know, do do the Forrest Gump voice too. But I most mean, if people... I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it in Forrest Gump's voice. Well, yeah, but Run Forest Run is not something Forrest well, ever says because he never says it. No, but like the uh, Lieutenant Dan Ice Cream, like, well, how are you uh, not gonna say that in his voice? Now, what's actually kind of interesting um, about the voice that I uh, heard Tom Hanks talk about one time was. Uh, that, like, the original idea was to, like, have him and, like, the kid actor try and, like, the kid who plays Forrest Gump as a child, mm-hmm. try and come up with, like, a, a, a voice that they both can do. And Tom Hanks was just like, I'll just imitate the kid. You know, oh. like, that's fine. So, like, the, that's, like, how the kid <clears throat> talked. 
was like that that was the voice for that the kid had so then so tom, tom hanks, hanks just pulled just, on it yeah tom hanks just worked from there that's so, cool because i've yeah. seen behind the scenes where he was like uh doing test reads with um robin wright mm-hmm. and he didn't sound anything like what forrest gump ends up sounding like yeah like he i, I don't even think he it just sounded like his voice it wasn't southern or anything like uh it just was his voice but like really stammery which yeah. sounded really weird which is probably part of why he uh, changed it to what he ended up doing. Right. I wonder if we heard it that way, though, if it would ever sound weird now. Maybe. If you'd notice it. Or if it'd just I mean, be like, wow, this movie is great. Tom Hanks used pretty much his voice. I mean, to be fair, that's like most of live action acting. Like, it's just, it's their voice. Well, that's why Tom Hanks is good. Except Brad Pitt keeps doing that same, like, southern accent that he's been doing. <laughs> but maybe it's just Tarantino movies, but... Because he had the same voice in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that he had as had Aldo Rain. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty similar. It wasn't similar. It was the exact same voice. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, also, I guess Tom Hanks, he changes his voice again for um, Mr. Rogers, too. Yeah. But I guess that one you really do have to. You have to be more. Because he's a real fucking person. <laughs> yeah. He's not just a exactly. fictional character. But okay. Um, let me get back into Forrest Gump. Like. Yeah. A lot of the scenes from this are like they've kind of set the tone, tone, the tone for like a quintessential way to like for like other things to like uh, reference it in a way. Like uh, I know it's not the first movie to use fucking CCR for Vietnam War, yeah. But I'd say like like okay, if you watch the um, uh, American Dad episode where they do the Vietnam War reenactment. Okay. A lot of the scenes look very much like Forrest Gump when he first gets to Vietnam mm-hmm. and he gets to base camp and stuff. Cause and like they even play Fortunate Son at the same time. And it, you can tell like it got a lot of inspiration from Forrest Gump in that regard. Yeah. I mean. <clears throat> uh. God, I'm fucking shitbag. I mean, like the cinematography. I think I think the movie looks really nice. I I'd think. say yeah, for like some of the CGI that had to have been done for it, like all the helicopters in the sky. There's no yeah. way they got that many fucking Hueys no. at once to do that. No, but like they, it's like tasteful CGI. Yeah. Like the and also the way they inserted him in all like the video footage from the past and stuff. Fine. Like, yeah, it, 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 it didn't look bad at all. Right, which is kind of weird how like they did the stuff with like JFK. Because I've seen them try to make uh, Jeff Bridges look young again in Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. That looked like shit. That was they've like gotten, 20 years later. They've gotten so much better with that technology, though. I mean, like... Well, that specifically, yeah, after watching Avengers Endgame. Well, I mean, shit, you just go back and watch Civil War, and you see Robert Downey Jr. as young Robert Downey Jr. again. Like, they, he looks just like him. Yeah. Like, they did really good in that bit at the beginning. The only thing that looked weird was, like, how scrawny his neck was and how big his head was. But, I mean, he's yeah. young. So. Heroin does that. <laughs> so. Was he got heroin, too? I thought it was just coke. I didn't think he did coke. I thought his his deal was heroin. Oh. Uh, maybe I'm just getting it mixed up with Less Than Zero. Have you seen that movie? No. Oh, it's where... This movie's funny. So, he's a coke addict in that movie. Okay. But, um... Uh, who's the guy from Blacklist who did the voice of Ultron? James Spader. James Spader. He's in that movie, and he's like, he's uh, Robert Downey's cocaine dealer. Okay. And he eventually, because Robert Downey Jr. can't pay him back anymore, so he starts pimping out Robert Downey Jr. to suck guys' dicks. So I thought it was hilarious that he's like Ultron, and he's like slapping the shit out of Iron Man. (laughs) And then I was like picturing him like making Iron Man suck people's dicks for coke. Yeah. 
All right. <laughs> well, I, I, get, I get where you're going with that. It's a um, weird connection, but Age of Ultron was okay. Well, when you, <laughs> I like Age of Ultron. It's not as bad as everyone says it is. It's it's bad only because it has to compare to the first Avengers movie, which was infinitely better. Was it, though? Yeah. I don't even know if I would consider I would probably rather watch Age of Ultron more than the first Avengers because the CGI is, like, it has not aged well on that movie. Fair, but I found the original Avengers more interesting than Age of Ultron. Mm. CGI, that doesn't matter. Like the, it matters to me, though. The it, it becomes distracting to me, oh. so I don't pay attention to the story anymore. Oh. Fortunately, Forrest Gump had decent enough CGI. Hey, and we're bringing it back. <laughs> Stop trying to put me on topic. I'm struggling <laughs> talking about Forrest Gump. We can move on I don't know Forrest why. Gump. We can move on from Forrest Gump if you want to. If you don't yeah, have but then else. it feels like a cop-out. It's like, why well, was it even on your list, Jake? You didn't know what to fucking say. It's like, oh, I don't know What why. do you like about Forrest Gump? Uh, I like the funny bits. <laughs> um, I like that it, for as long as the movie is, it's it can like it stays interesting consistently throughout. I don't really know if there is a low point in the story. To me, do, what do you think? I've seen it like twice. You've only seen it twice. Yeah. Again, I'm. It's it's fine. Huh. I'm not, again, I'm not super thrilled for Forrest Gump. Like, I don't go out of my way to watch Forrest Gump. I never do either. That's the thing about it. It's like, if you see it on TV, though, and there's nothing else on, it's like, oh, fucking put that on. See, to me, Forrest Gump is the only thing on, I'll find something else to do. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Because I don't care enough about this movie, personally. (laughs) Like, I get in, and that's not to say that you can't enjoy it or you can't think it's a perfect movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I actually realize I'm mostly in the minority because most people like Forrest Gump. I don't think so anymore. I a lot of people have been shitting on Forrest Gump lately. I think part of it is more of a like, well, you know, super popular, so but why is it popular? It's like blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that's kind of more the issue. Okay. You know, just the younger generation shitting on the older generation type of deal. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Forrest Gump just never caught my attention. Same with fucking Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, yeah, that one I agree with you. Like, I was just like, I don't care. I only like, pretended to like that movie. I think I said that on another you, podcast, you which got me in trouble with Kate when she listened to that <laughs> podcast, by the way. <laughs> nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, there, I'm not saying Forrest Gump is a bad movie. Mm-hmm. To me, though, it is not one that holds my attention. Okay. Um, but the acting is, is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more it's the story. Like, I just, I don't care about Forrest Gump's life. Mm. Well, okay. I will say that it's definitely feel good. Like, there's, it's definitely got some fucking sad moments, but it is oh, feel yeah. good seeing what he can accomplish for the most part through happenstance. A lot of it, I mean, See, I think... some of it's his, like, own um, merit, yeah. but a lot of it is happenstance. But I think that also is a good reflection of how life just happens sometimes. Yeah, and, and maybe it's that, and maybe I think this movie's just kind of schmaltzy and just kind of like... Schmaltzy? S- just like saccharine, just like too, like, it's almost too feel-good, in oh. a sense, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, there's well, some, I, there I are don't some know. very low points. We just points. said there's I some know. serious low there points. There are some serious low points, but I mean, everything just works out for Forrest. And it doesn't, like, though. Do you, like, do you, like... All he wanted throughout the whole movie was Jenny, and she dies of AIDS. <laughs> yeah, I get that. And That's she treated him like shit through the whole movie, yeah, too. I, I understand that as well. <laughs> but it's still, if it, it feels like, to me, at least watching it, just everything comes up 
you know, forest. Like, it all just kind of works out. Like, he can just run all of a sudden. He doesn't need the leg braces anymore. They just fall apart and his legs just work. Um, fucking, he just lucks his way through Vietnam. He <laughs> fucking lucks his way into a fucking multi-million dollar business. He fucking lucks his way into winning fucking table tennis against the Chinese. That's not like, luck, though. I okay, mean, to be fair, yeah, he was really good at it, but he just kind of happened to find out he was good at table tennis. I mean, maybe it's a little bit of nod to Savanti type stuff. I mean, he's not yeah. autistic. No, I know. It's just, I don't know. To me, it felt too overall feel like most people don't I don't don't think think about Forrest Gump and think about it as a sad movie. It has a sad ending, but also it has it's a, it's a bittersweet ending at the end. Yeah. Cuz he loses Jenny, but now he has a son. And Bubba, don't forget about Bubba. And he lost Bubba, but he still has Lieutenant Dan. So, <laughs> who also treated him like shit for most of the time they knew each other. Yes. <laughs> uh But Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs. <laughs> I uh what i think kate said she was like i don't remember what kate said to me one time she said she was like i think we were like at the gym or something she said she wanted to work out legs one day and i said but you ain't got no legs lieutenant k (laughs) (laughs) and then i died she didn't even think it was that funny but i started dying (laughs) (laughs) Uh. and then i think she did a um fucking uh leg press and i said Magic legs. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I knew it came up at some point, but it was yeah. something in that context. Uh, but those are my again, personal quotables. For, yes, Forrest Gump is absolutely, if nothing else, quotable. <laughs> but, yeah, to me, it just, it doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know. See, but everything you said, I think it's just difference of opinion. Which Yeah, obviously, and, and I but think that's everything you said is like what adds up to me liking the movie. Yeah. Like, and I don't think, like, everything that he does just comes up him because, like, it does have... For every, like, thing that works out for him, there's something to, like, put him in check. Oh, also he loses his mom. Yes. That was going to happen anyway. Well, yeah. But... She was old by the time she did die of cancer, so... Yeah. But, um, like, I felt like by the end of it, it is a balanced movie. Like, you win some, you lose some, but you got to keep going. Life is like a box of chocolates. Hey. Never know what you're going to get. Yes. And, like, the movie does kind of hold up to that. And it opens with that. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, it it holds up to the standard that it does set at the beginning. Yeah, no, I mean, that was the thesis statement of the movie, and then the rest of the movie plays out. Mm -hmm. When is the last time he says it, Life's Like a Box of Chocolates? I thought he only said it at the beginning. I think he says it a couple times. Or the mom says it on her deathbed. Sally Field. Yeah. <laughs> yep well yeah. Forrest Gump I mean again it's not a bad movie right and one I do think people should at least watch once but it it is just for me personally it didn't do anything and honestly I'm amazed that so far we've only had the one difference of opinion on perfect film yeah because everything else we've been in absolute agreement about <laughs> And looking at the rest of that list, I don't think we're going to have any disagreements. Maybe we will. Um, uh, don't say any of them. But 
I don't know. You know what? I think I do actually fucking hate a Christmas story. I think I'm going to switch my oh, opinion okay. on that. Perfect. Think, all of a sudden, you know, I just started thinking, wow, what a piece of shit. All right, cool. One to one. <laughs> all right, now we're even. <laughs> okay. I feel better now about the Forrest Gump disagreement. All right. All right. Well, we can move on now. I, I'm sorry. I don't know why that was such a struggle. Because, like, I do really like the movie, and I do... I. I do consider it to be a perfect movie. It's like the perfect, well-rounded bundle of a movie. Like, it's got the good, it's got the bad, and at the end, it comes out pretty balanced. Yeah. In my opinion. But like you say, you think it's like, comes up good for him throughout the movie. For the most part, I feel it mostly just comes up positive for Force. Because, yeah, even though throughout it, he wants Jenny the whole time. Throughout <laughs> it, though, it's like, he's just like... Well, you know, I'll I'll find Jenny again. No, it's it's no big deal. We'll, we'll cross paths again. It's all right. So like, it never seems to slow him down. I think the only time it really does is when he starts running because back and forth across the country. I think it's like the only time, like him, you know, wanting wanting Jenny and not being able to have her. That's like the only time in the movie. And again, it's been a while since I've seen it. So if I'm off base a little bit, which I might be. Um, like that, if I'm not mistaken, is about the only time it's like his, his want to be with Jenny, like trumps anything else in his life. So he just decides to start running. Like he needs to take his mind off of it. So he just runs back and forth across the country over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And he just does it. And then like, he gets this <laughs> when you just say it like blatantly what he does, it sounds fucking hilarious. So, well, you know, he really wanted this girl and he couldn't get her. So he just ran back and forth coast to coast every fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple times. Like, what the fuck? How long did he say he ran? Like, three years? No. He says he ran for a fucking minute. Well, you bet you scroll down, you can find it in the trivia. Right, or, right. not the trivia, the quotes. I ran for fucking long time, Jedi. Dr. Pepper. Uh, Forrest playing ping pong. Alright, let's see more. Hello, my name's Forrest. Forrest Gump. God damn it. Um. You died on a Saturday morning. Oh. Um, oh, I had run for three years, two months, 14 days, and 16 hours. Goddamn. Yes. Yeah, he just ran for three fucking years. <laughs> well, when he got tired, he slept. When he had to go, you know, he went. All right. But still, he ran for three years, two months, two weeks, and 16 hours. <laughs> I'm pretty tired. I think I'll go home now. Well, and okay, so that's just when he stopped in like fucking Arizona. Yeah. And, and then he's just he, done. Yeah. Well, I guess what? Do you think he fucking walked to an airport or do you think he ran home? I mean, he just walks off. Like, I like, like how I he doesn't get lost either. Like, no one tries to like fuck with him. He never ran through a ghetto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, he was fine. So it's just like that's, that's the thing. Like, to me, just everything just kind of works out for him. He just runs for. Three years, two months. Three it doesn't years, work out months. for him. He's running because he's hurting. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> but he just he can just run for three years nonstop. What like, does he have the, going on? And by the end of it, it almost seems like he just like doesn't even really know why he's running anymore. He doesn't. He's just like, he just was. Now he's done with it. Yeah. So I'm done. Now I'll go home. It's a perfect metaphor for life. Why do anything in life? This movie's perfect for a nihilist. Yeah. Because Forrest really has no goal to anything he's doing. He's just. He All just, right. It just happens to him. <laughs> but Shit he plays along with it. He does. Shit just happens around Forrest Gump. And he just, he just, he's just like, all right, I guess we're doing this now. Because life's like a box, box, fucking box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So yeah, you but... just play along with what you get. It's like he's water. He just 
fucking flowing down the stream. That's the perfect metaphor for life. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think this movie's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm happier now with that little addition to the discussion. All right, let's move on to the next movie. This was on John's list. Totally, tell us? Almost, totally very different from Forrest Gump. Is it, uh, though? Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, don't you think it's kind of like Forrest and uh, Lieutenant Dan's relationship? Uh, if Lieutenant Dan was a complete fucking psychopath, yes. Kind of uh, seems like he is after he loses his legs. Well, he's just angry because he lost his legs and Nam. Anyways. And had to live. And, yeah. <laughs> and had to still deal with Forrest Gump. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Gump! Um, but anyway, so my, my next pick, again, very tonally different from Forrest Gump, is Whiplash. Yeah. Uh, which, my God, is this a great fucking boy. Yeah. Like... In, to me, infinitely rewatchable. This is one of a handful of movies that, as soon as it's done, I could start again and watch again. Mm-hmm. No matter, despite how fucking intense this movie is, <laughs> I can like. Sometimes a movie's too intense. It's like, all right, that one watch, I'll let that simmer for a little bit. Whiplash, it's like it's over. It's like I'm not done. Like, like I haven't like quite peaked with this movie yet, so I gotta watch it again. I think because like, it's got such good quotes in it. So, like, you can, like, rewatch scenes of it and be like, ah, oh, that's a good scene. It gives you kind of, like, a good feeling, like, ah, oh, I yeah. like this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, easily Damien Chazelle's best movie so far. Who? Is that the director? Director. Uh, he also did La La Land, and he did First Man. This movie's also basically, or somewhat based on his experiences with a drumming instructor. Yep. But instead of continuing to be a drummer, he didn't and made a movie about it that was <laughs> fucking amazing. Um... So yeah, this is uh, Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons. Uh, just the fucking story's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I love watching obsessed people in movies because he is absolutely obsessed with being the best possible drummer. At, right. At, 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 everything else around him can burn as long as he is the best possible drummer. And his instructor, that to him is the best possible type of student. The one that he can beat and berate and break down and reform into whatever image that he wants and what he wants for him is to, him to be the best fucking drummer. I would say, though, he doesn't want that at the beginning of the movie. I don't know I, if he wants to be the the best drummer and literally beat out every single person at the beginning of the movie. I think it kind of plays into what J.K. Simmons says. is like once he is challenged... And put through like the fucking rigorous strain, which is J.K. Simmons' yes. character. I can't remember his fucking name. Uh, I don't remember either. That's weird. Hold on, let me look it up. I can't remember either of their names, I'm gonna be honest. You know, I fucking can't either. Oh, it's Andrew and Fletcher. Alright. Andrew Fletcher. That sounds like someone else's name. Yeah. Anyway, um, put through like Fletcher's course, though, I think that's what does fucking get the thing turning in his head. And it yeah. makes him want to be the best. Well, just that first fucking class yeah. does makes him want want to be the best like he's like i you know i was sucking so he went home and he practiced and he practiced and he practiced and practiced Mm -hmm. and just but yeah to me watching that obsession with being the absolute best grow Mm -hmm. and just by being told he's the worst yeah by being like so it's like i'm gonna prove you wrong not and it doesn't like to me to me it does not have to be that somebody else like it's in in a way of him proving somebody wrong like i just enjoy watching like this sort of like obsession not like i don't know i don't have another movie example type obsession but like this like pursuit of perfection type of yeah obsession i love watching it 
because I love, I always love watching the fucking mental breakdowns of that shit in movies because mm-hmm. it always happens. But like the scene for me that if I was on Dylan's podcast mm. and the so scene I, that got you, the scene that got me. Uh, so I can't use this movie now. <laughs> I'm giving it. I'm, I'm spoiling the plot. But to me, is well, you could still do. I fucking did Stranger Fiction, and then we did it on our podcast. That's true. <laughs> um, for me, the scene that got me is the scene with the drum audition between the three of them. When it when they're supposed to meet for practice that night at like six p.m. or seven or some shit, uh-huh. and it goes till midnight. As he's drilling these three guys over and over and over and over and over again on the one part before any of them even gets the part before the rest of the band can start playing. Mm-hmm. Just that fucking scene is so goddamn intense and just like perfectly encapsulates what uh, uh, Fletcher is about, uh, how Andrew feels about the rest of them, mm-hmm. you know, the other two guys. Uh, the one guy was, uh, Andrew was. Uh, second to one the of the first guy, guy. The, the first guy and, and then the guy who gets brought up and then the guy who gets brought up who after was Andrew in, after Andrew who was in Andrew's like original band class or whatever right um, who gets brought up just to motivate Andrew yes and just yeah just that fucking scene is so goddamn insane and stressful and intense in all the best possible ways mm-hmm. I just I fucking love it like the, the, there's not a wasted frame in this entire movie. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny that you say that's the scene that got you. If I was going to say the scene that gets me, I mean, it's very easy to say the last scene. Like when Andrew's getting set yeah. up to fucking fail, fail and then he flips it. That's really cool. But I like the scene where um, he's like driving back to like the actual like recital or whatever. He's screaming at his phone. Like, yeah, like, that. And then he fucking flips the car. <laughs> and and then he crawls out of it and just walks back into the room and he's fucking bloody. But he's like... Like it's he's, almost like a tinnitus scene where it's like he's not even hearing anyone around him. Like Fletcher's yeah. like, Weeman, what the fuck? <laughs> but he yeah. just like sits down at the drums like, whatever, I'm gonna fucking do this, and then he fucks it up and blows it. Yep. Like that's like all like the really tense, crazy buildup, and then it blows out when he tackles Fletcher on the stage. Yep. And he's like finally cursing back at him and like yelling at him, which yep. is like what you really want for him throughout the movie when you hear him getting berated and he's just absorbing all of it, and then he's like finally like fuck you and. And then, but I love the ending because I always like endings where, because I don't think like, you know, I, I remember when this came out, there was all the like the discussions like, ooh, is the way Fletcher teaches like a good way to teach? Mm. I personally don't think that level. <laughs> there's pushing people. Yeah, you know, there's like you need to keep working on this, and like there's there's different ways to push people and constantly berating them. It works. It like it's either going to break somebody or they're going to want to show you, prove you wrong. Right, but where's the risk reward of that? Exactly. How many people do you break before you find someone who can handle it? And how many of those people that you broke could have been something great as well? Right, through different uh, methods. Exactly. So while I don't agree with that, I also don't like. So I don't necessarily like. I don't think Fletcher's a good person. <laughs> um, and I don't really think Andrew's a good person. Yeah. Because of that. But I and I always like though too when the ba- like when those characters and they deserve each other and they get each other at the end. Mm-hmm. Like Andrew and Fletcher are one hundred percent on the same page and like in sync and in tandem at the end of that movie. Right. And they deserve each other. They're bad people and they deserve each other. <laughs> like spoilers for Gone Girl. 
I heard, I've heard a lot of people, it's like, oh, I hate the ending of Gone Girl. It's like, why? You've seen Gone Girl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like, I hate Gone Girl. I hate that they end up together again. It's like, they're fucking shitty people. They deserve each other. <laughs> That's where they both belong because it's a punishment for both of them to be together. Right. Like, it's not a good thing that they're together. And I, I will I've, say, though, she's way worse than him. Yes. But they're <laughs> the both lady there. who committed multiple murders. Yes. And then tried to frame her well, husband. I think it was actually just one. Just the one. And that guy was kind of creepy and rapey, too. So He wasn't rapey, but he was creepy. He was creepy. He didn't rape anyone. She, she said he did, though. <laughs> yes. That's actually a fair point. Uh, I only saw the movie one time. So I, Yeah, me too. But, uh, yeah, just fucking... So, like, at the end of Whiplash, like, they deserve each other. Mm-hmm. And I know we had the discussion... Fuck, which podcast was it? I was just listening to it. Where, like, uh, you had that one class where people had to, like, debate. Or, no, no, oh, we, about how... Uh, we uh, did screenings of the movies, and it was the yeah. cinema slapdown. And, like, yeah. the people who were arguing, like, they had to do this. And yeah. if you've ever been in school, which most people have been in school at some point or another, yeah. and you have a fucking debate simulator, uh, one person has to argue good, one person has to argue bad for fucking whatever. Yeah. And a lot of times when you do it in a school setting... You have to argue why something's bad, even if you do like it, but yeah. you just need to set up for the fucking argument. Mm-hmm. And no more is that apparent when they try to do the argument for this. The best they could come up with in Columbia College, Chicago, it's very like, it's very left liberal school, even though they didn't allow you to have booze on campus. That wasn't very liberal of them. But um, I got in trouble for that. Can you tell I'm angry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so super left, super liberal, like the best they could come up with was um, a girl from a woman's study class was saying it was like uh, misogynistic. But it's like, it's- yes, but that's not a fault of the movie. It's proving the point of the movie. Th- that Andrews, well, and obviously, I mean, if that's the best, like if you have to come up with something to argue about why a movie's bad, I mean, I can see where you could go to that just because you need something. Right, it's nitpicking. But, yeah, but like... For the sake of nitpicking. But I think, and as I said on that one too, like I feel like her relationship with Andrew and then Andrew's relationship with his dad and his fucking, the friends of the family who were all like... The oh, they were his like cousins. Oh, they were cousins. Like, he's willing to let every single other relationship burn to the ground. He doesn't care about any of them anymore. All he cares about is being on the drums. Right. Because, as like uh, his dad said, it's like, you know, being dead in a gutter at 23 from drug overdose, like that's... You know, what does that mean? You know, what is it? What does, was that a life that you want to amount to? To which Andrew replies, like, yeah, but we're sitting here discussing him. We're talking about him. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like. <laughs> yeah, at the table, right. Yeah. So, like, he would willingly die young just because then somebody might talk about him later as a fantastic drummer. Right, the legacy thing. Yeah. And just like, and that's what J.K. Simmons wanted. He's he just he always wanted to be like, like Philoctetes says in uh, Hercules. He's like, I want him to put like him in the stars, and people will be look up and be like, that's Phil's boy. Like, are you saying that this movie's a metaphor to Hercules? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that 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 that, uh, that works. The, Philoctetes uh, was kind of a similar teacher to uh, Fletcher, though. <laughs> he did berate Hercules until he just became good. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, this... And the cinematography is fucking gorgeous. And yeah. And the sound design is 
I mean, it has to be amazing. When, you do, when you're doing mo- music in a movie, you have to fucking do sound well. I think we actually talked about this with Molly, who really notices when instruments are, like, off in a movie. Mm-hmm. I think she said that this movie had, like, great uh, drum sync. Because I know with, like, music videos and stuff, mm-hmm. they always get the sync wrong for drums. Like, they'll all, like the song will have, like, the drummers actually, like, playing a kick. Mm-hmm. But they'll show the drummer, like playing on a snare because it's actually more actiony because you yeah. see their arms moving you can never see their fucking foot hitting the pedal yeah so like i think i asked her on the birdcage podcast if it, she noticed that it was clean on this it might not have been on the podcast that might have been post podcast but i think no i think we did bring it up because we started talking about roger doing like his version of oh, fletcher for clown yeah. school yeah i was re-listening to that one i didn't i haven't finished it again yet but <laughs> so i actually don't really remember uh-huh. but uh, i do remember talking about that Okay. But, uh, yeah. And then, like you said, I don't really think there's any fat to trim on this movie. No. I mean, I, I'm curious what maybe deleted scenes were there. But if any. I don't miss them. I wouldn't yeah. want to see any more of this movie. No. this I think this Like, oddly is... enough, it's perfect and I don't want any more. Yeah. I want, Unless to, only... like, rewatch yeah, it. That's like you the said only earlier. way that I want, would want more is to go back and watch it again. Mm-hmm. So, just... Yeah, this movie for me hits... No pun intended. Every note perfectly. Um, every little fucking sixteenth note. <laughs> yeah, it just everything about it. That first fucking class he has with Fletcher. Yeah. Uh, the Are you Russian or are you Dragon? Like one of the most famous moments from this movie. Da 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 da. What are you fucking Pellegrew? Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh, also, I didn't realize how good of an actor J.K. Simmons was before this movie. Because all I knew him from was fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> but I mean, come on. J. Jonah Jameson. Well, yeah, he's perfect J. Jonah Jameson. But you wouldn't say there's a lot of range to J. Jonah Jameson. True. <laughs> there's a lot of range to... I mean, there's not range to Fletcher, but he Dude. makes it look like there is to Weeman. Like when he like pulls him aside and says, hey, you know, you we're just pretty relaxed. last name, even though we haven't like... What? We couldn't remember either of their names earlier, and you just remembered Andrew's last name. Yeah, I remembered it a little while ago, because Fletcher yep, only calls him Weeman. <laughs> and he yells at him as Weeman. Yeah. Um, oh, the seat wasn't the right fucking height. Now you're gonna be able to fucking do it right. <laughs> um. But yeah, like there's no range to Fletcher's character, but to like fuck with the drummer's minds, he pretends there is. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, oh, you know, a friend of mine's kid died or whatever like that, or his former student um, died in a car accident, but he actually and killed he, himself because of Fletcher, <laughs> right? And then, um, but he pretended to be sad about it. It's like, he probably wasn't that fucking sad at all. No. Yeah, it's just another failure. <laughs> yeah. So, he does a good job at manipulating people and pretending he's like a fully well-rounded character. When actually he's a very, I mean, he's a perfect character, but I wouldn't call him well-rounded. <laughs> no, he's he's very one-track mind, psychopathic, almost. Yes. But... Damn, if this is not a good movie. I wonder what how he is. What what do you think instrument he plays? Oh, he plays trombone, doesn't he? No. Yeah, no, uh, piano. He was playing piano. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, but a lot of... I mean, a lot of musicians can at least kind of play piano. Yeah. Um, Just because it's a very versatile instrument. I hear um, it's actually best if you want to learn other instruments to start with piano. Yeah, because when I was a kid, I wanted to learn guitar. And my mom's like, nope, you got to learn piano first. And then I never did. <laughs> and... Yeah. I started with guitar and I'm a fucking hack. I could play Green Day's Time of Your Life and like a few pieces of other songs. (laughs) 
It's more than I can play on any instrument, so... <laughs> you can play hot crisp buns probably on the recorder, right? Pfft, I don't think so. Not all... <laughs> yeah, I'm... I haven't been in third grade in a long time. Really? Yeah. Oh, surprisingly. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I think that's shit. That's another good one. Sorry, IMDb's pulling up the Prestige. Uh, as like I haven't seen more the Prestige. Like, oh, you? Well, we gotta fucking watch Prestige. <laughs> oh, we're adding that to the list. That's, that's a it. Nolan movie, right? Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen Memento either. Memento's good. I like. The, honestly. Quick aside, The Prestige is Christopher Nolan's best movie, in my opinion. Okay. Is that the one? No, Memento's the one that plays back to front, yes. right? Okay. Dark Knight's the one that's got Batman in it. No, really? Yeah, I know. I thought that was... Oh, I got it mixed up with Black Knight with Martin Lawrence. Yeah. No. <laughs> Very easy mistake. <laughs> Most people do that, actually. <laughs> Can you imagine if we lived in a world where Christopher Nolan also did The Black Knight? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you... And it's the same way it is. It's not like Christopher Nolan's touch at all. It's just, it's the same movie. Just directed by Christopher Nolan as opposed to, I don't know who directed it. It like Black fades Knight. up from, it, like when the credits start, it fades up and it plays the Dark Knight theme song. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Alright, but anyways, I think that's about all I gotta <laughs> say about Whiplash. Fucking one of my all-time favorite movies. And again, easily, out of the ones that I've selected, probably... The closest to this and one other one that we're going to get to, I think, are the two best examples of a perfect movie. Would you say, okay, where does uh, where does it rank on like maybe your favorite movie list? It's What is your favorite movie? My all-time favorite movie is honestly either Whiplash or Pulp Fiction. Which oh. you'll notice Pulp Fiction's not on this list. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's because the Bruce Willis scene's a little slow. I don't think so, personally. Uh, well, personally. I, a discussion I th- for another time, perhaps. Yes. Um, but I think Whiplash is... Again, it's one of my absolute favorite movies ever. And it's <laughs> a new one. Oh, you know what? Sorry, we've got three movies on here that I would say are the best example of perfect. Whiplash, Spider-Verse, and one that's about to come up. You know what's really funny? Hmm. Damien Chazelle actually really looks like Miles Teller. He kind of does. He looks like Miles Teller mixed with Henry Cavill. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> oh, also, real quick on this movie, speaking of like, you know, things that help make it perfect and how, like, as was discussed, you get the best out of everything, you know, everything you put into a movie. Like, I think Miles Teller is not a bad actor. I think he gets some flack, but I don't think he's an, ter- I don't think he's that bad of an actor. It's probably more for movies he's done, which aren't very good. Yeah, like I think Fantastic that's, Four. I think that's part of it. But I think he, you get a fucking fantastic Miles Teller performance out of this movie. Yeah. That's how fucking good this movie is. Like, I liked him in War Dogs, but, like, I think... This so you're is... saying the movie's so good it makes Miles Teller looks good? Yeah. Look good? Yeah. You know what movie I wanted to see? The one where he plays the fucking boss, or uh, the boxer, where he gets all fucked up and he's, like, training with his neck brace on? You know, we talked about this when we did the Creed one, and uh-huh. I don't know what fucking movie you're talking about. Okay, hold on. It'll be easy to find now, since we're in the fucking area. Do-do-do-do. Uh, um, Insurgent Peter. Oh no! Okay, the movie's Insurgent. He plays Peter. I thought he was in a movie called Insurgent Peter. <laughs> um, all right, hold on. Oh no! Yeah, sorry. Insurgent is one of those. Is one of the Divergent movies. Yes, I know. Yeah, I didn't mind Divergent, the first one. Like it wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. 
Okay, come on. Where the fuck is it? Oh, shit. I forgot he was in Project X. I haven't seen Project X. The Awkward Moment, I saw that. Um, what the hell? Are you sure it was Miles Teller? I, I know it was fucking Miles Teller. Now you just give me a second. Well, I guess gonna you're going to have to start it. clicking on all of his fucking movies, then, aren't you? Oh, look. He played Miles in Project X. Yeah, he, he played himself in Project X. Oh, he actually played Miles Teller, the yeah, actor? Yeah, because the people throwing the party were like checking out, and they're like, oh, shit, it's Miles Teller. Oh, okay. And they're like, hey, you want to come to the fucking party? <laughs> And then he shows up later at the party. Allegiant, no. Get a job, no. War Dogs, no. Oh, I think it's Bleed for This. Yes, it was Bleed for This. Okay. Okay, I remember that poster. I never saw a, even a trailer for it. He's like got a super Boston-y accent in it. Hold on. L okay, we'll play the trailer real quick. Right there, click it. right there. News. This is Wendy's Bacon Fest. We are not currently sponsored by Wendy's. I cannot skip the ad, though. No one does bacon like you might that. need to drop... So like, to legitimately, you might need to drop the audio for this part. Sorry, there was a Wendy. Sorry, there was a Wendy's ad before that, just in case uh, the audio gets dropped out. You guys <laughs> are confused as to what that was. Okay. Or you could just fucking cut it. What the fuck am I talking about? You don't have to drop the audio. We are going to start the weigh-in. Ah, she answered the phone. Hello. Where's she at? Just hold them off. Tell them I'm coming. He's on the bicycle. No, dummy, it's wait. What weight's he at? Where you at, Vinny? I'm coming. He's coming. Hey, everybody. That must surprise me. If you let me do the fusion, I can guarantee you'll be able to walk again. And you'll be able to fight again. Me? In the fuse in my neck. With this severe of an injury. One bump, one fall. <laughs> any kind of movement. <laughs> Your spinal cord could sever. It wasn't supposed to go like this. Yeah, no. We're not done here, Vinny. Holy shit. You're an The whole world outside the ring. I'm getting pretty sick of people talking about it like I'm dead. Kev, I'm gonna fight again. No, you ain't, Vinny. Vinny, no, no. You still gotta give up. No, I know exactly how to give up. You know what scares me, Kev? Is that it's easy. Yeah, thought that looked like a good movie. Still haven't seen it, though. Still have not seen it either. <laughs>
Boy, you just fucking found out it existed. Yeah, no, I remember seeing the, the posters for it, but I never saw a trailer, never saw anything else for it, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I also just like that it looks like he's a total dick at the beginning of the movie, too. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, come on, that's what you always need in these movies. They learn humility through adversity. Yeah, but this looks like a more interesting version of Southpaw. I didn't see Southpaw either. It's fine. Yeah. It, it's, ba- you know what it basically is? It's fucking Rocky Four combined with uh, Rocky Five. Gotcha. I, I realize that fault. I f- fucking forgot you hadn't seen Rocky. Nope. Okay. The only well, Rocky movie I've seen is Creed. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Have you seen Creed too? Nope. Oh, that's a shame. Um, Good one. What? I don't know. I haven't seen it. All right. So, anyways, that was uh, that was Whiplash. <laughs> I forgot that was a Whiplash discussion. I just yeah, I wanted to mention that I thought it got a decent performance out of Miles Teller. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on now to a movie that we both think is perfect, but it came up kind of late in our lists because I didn't think about it, but I do agree it's a perfect movie. It's a perfect movie for reasons that aren't immediately self-evident, and also back to being completely, totally different from Whiplash, and also Forrest Gump. Jake, what movie is it? Hold on. It's Loading Screen. That's the movie. (laughs) All right, the movie is Demolition Man. Demolition Man, starring... Sylvester Stallone. And Wesley Rocky himself. (laughs) And... Rocky versus Blade. That'd be a good movie. Blade would win. <laughs> why? <laughs> no, I, I know why. Swords. Well, you can't use that in a boxing ring. Uh, he can if Rocky was suddenly a vampire. Hey, yo, let me get some of that blood, huh? <laughs> All right. Um, Anyways. Demolition Man. My favorite fucking Sylvester Stallone movie. Oh, yeah, same Easily. Here. This is... And Rocky, as good as they are, he won an Oscar for fucking Creed. Or he got nominated? He got nominated. Okay, sorry. Didn't he win? I thought he won for writing Rocky. I think so. But it would have been Rocky 1. Yeah, well, yeah. But still. I just meant, I I couldn't remember if he just won an Oscar recently. New. Okay. But he did get nominated. Anyway. At least Oscar nominee Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> At least. Favorite Sylvester Stallone movie oh, right yeah. here. I wanna, this is, this to me is, this for Stallone is like Commando for Schwarzenegger. Commando was my favorite Schwarzenegger. Oh, um, what is it? Total Recall is my favorite Schwarzenegger That's movie. A good one too. <laughs> uh, both actually take place in the future. Both science fiction movies yes, for me. Yes, Demolition Man. Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. and Total, Total Recall. Recall, not Commando. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, John. Uh, so, looking at it right now, Demolition Man currently sits at a paltry six point six out of ten well, on IMDb. They're all wrong. When it should be a perfect ten out of ten movie. Oh. <laughs> uh, but if we're talking about rewatchability, this movie fucking hits rewatchability every yes. fucking time. Um, I really Great can't action. even think of anything really wrong with this movie. Like, if you want to try and say it's cheesy, it's the perfect amount of cheese for a science fiction movie. This, okay, I'm actually going to say this and Judge Dredd. I get those I two. I haven't seen Judge Dredd. It's... It's an awful Judge Dredd movie. I've been told it's a, it's a perfect, like, it's almost a sequel to Demolition Man. Yeah. If you look at if, it in that frame. There are, well, first off, Rob Schneider's in both of them, which throws me off. Right. Because I remember thinking, because I watched Demolition Man again recently, actually, and uh, I remember thinking, like, is this the one where Rob Schneider's hiding in a, in a, in a trash can? Like, no, no, that's Judge Dredd. Um, <laughs> so that throws me off. They're very similar movies. Mm-hmm. And just, it's... It's just fun. It's so much great action. It's fucking nonsense, but it's fucking great. <laughs> like, this is perfect. I don't even consider it nonsense. It's like, in my eye, it's like a perfect 
not even spoof, but almost like a perfect satire on a dystopian future movie. Yeah. Because, like, it takes place in the future, everything's, like, great, but it's wrong. Yeah. It's shifted too far in one way, which I would consider dystopian future. Yeah, well, that's actually what dystopia is supposed to be. Dystopia is supposed to be, it looks like a utopia on the surface, but when you dig deeper, it's not perfect. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. what dystopia is supposed to be, but dystopia has now kind of morphed to be just like anything the shitty. exact opposite in every facet of a utopia. Okay. Well, then it is the perfect dystopian movie. Yeah. In my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and also, like, and I'm not getting fucking political with this, but I'm saying, like, the further, like, we push to, like, where, uh, like, like, PC culture, just looking at it for that reason, like, the way, like, no one can swear in this version yeah. of the future, like, oh, yeah, you this can movie al- is very much anti, like, it just basically, you look at everything on the surface and the movie's like, this is all terrible. We can't swear. We can't eat, you know, the only fucking food is Taco Bell. With no salt. With no salt. <laughs> uh, you can't have sex. You can't high five people. Oh, yeah, it's too aggressive. Well, it's, no, it's, you get close, but you can't make contact with people because that's how germs spread. And that's Oh, I thought it was the... just because it was too violent. No, no. You know, a, lot of the, a lot of it is because of like... Oh, can you let him yeah, out? Just a second. John's helping my pussy right now. Cat. Yes, I have a cat. John's letting him out. Like a good lad. Anyways. Um, no, a lot of it's because of disease transmission. That's why oh. they can't have sex anymore. Well, That's I knew they, that was the sex and thing. And like, yeah, they don't touch hands because germs transmit through physical contact. Right. So I will they say three then... three fucking seashells. <laughs> I also love... That they never explain the three seashells. Yes. They've tried to retroactively, but I saw somebody online post. It's like, it makes more sense to not try to explain the joke. Like, yeah. it works better where it's like, you're just supposed to be in Stallone's shoes and just be like, why the fuck are we using three seashells? Right. You're very much looking at this movie from Stallone's perspective because it's a future you know nothing about. He knows nothing about it. It's supposed to be something you don't fit into because Stallone doesn't fit into it. Yep. This movie was made in the 90s. He got frozen in the 90s. You're looking at it through a 90s perspective. Yeah. It's just... It's it's just such a damn fun movie. Yeah. Like, this is perfect because it's just so fun. You know what? It's also my favorite fucking uh, Sandra Bullock movie. And my favorite Wesley Snipes movie. (laughs) I I would need to watch Blade again. Um, I haven't seen Blade, so it's easy for me. Well, or doing the, it again the scenes i've seen from it look pretty cheesy so well yeah it's the same it's the same type of 90s cheese it looks like more cheese it looked like full fucking asiago cheddar no <laughs> anyways but demolition man it's just like and it, this is both kind of a jokey perfect movie but i also think it is actually just it's just so good like everything about it just works it's the perfect movie of its genre yeah because as i like as part of my definition of perfect it takes what it's doing and you know it accomplishes it exactly the way it wants to mm. and i think you get the best ver- like the best performances you need for this movie mm-hmm. like if everybody played it super straight and super serious this movie wouldn't work right but you i also don't think campus. anyone plays it over the top either no wesley snipes does i don't even think it's over the top because he's, he's like over the top but but he's like a psycho right killer he's yeah so it it matches his character yes. but that's why i mean it's not over the top Mm. It's not. It's, it's not, not Voldemort going. Oh, no, 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 no. 
I don't know if you've seen the last one. <laughs> yeah, I've seen all of them. Okay, so it's not that. <laughs> like, Voldemort's a psycho killer, but that was him overplaying Hammered something. Up. <laughs> so, Wesley Snipes doesn't do that at all. No. Yeah. But, just, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about Demolition Man. It's a great action movie. It's just, fucking, <laughs> Stallone and Snipes are great in this. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just works so fucking perfectly everything just fits together also i was reading trivia because i'd always had the thought that sandra bullock was supposed to be his daughter she's not oh yeah yeah i'd always had that thought really yeah because but then like at some point in the writing they're like no no we need to change it she can't be his daughter because we want them to have sex oh they were gonna have her be his daughter no they never were oh it feels like like watching it i think it feels like when they wrote it originally, we were going to find that out because, like, she's going to, like, look up where his daughter is. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to know. And then they were going to find out, oh, she's his daughter, like, right there. Oh. So I figured, like, that was supposed to show up later. And then somebody later on is like, no, no, they're going to have sex. She's can't be her daughter. But no, his daughter is actually down with, like, the sewer people. But oh, they is she really? Yeah, but they, like, she shows up a little bit, but, like, they del- they cut all of that. That story from That it. story arc. So, okay. So Sandra Bullock was never supposed to be his daughter. I never got that vibe, so that's funny See, I, that you did. I always got that vibe, and actually, I listened recently listened to the "How Did This Get Made" episode of. They Demolition. did that in Demolition Man. They okay. They do Demolition. I get why they did Demolition Man. They also they do a lot of movies. You're like, really, you're doing that movie? But they do Demolition Man. And yeah, they Is it wrote because it. on the surface it sounds silly. Well, they've got. I mean, it's still a really good episode. Partly, it sounds silly. And it can also be seen... Like, I can also see where some people would see this as a so bad it's good movie. I don't think it's ever going to be... I don't think this movie could ever be a bad movie. I think this could be... You can either see it as a perfect movie because you, like, you accept everything about it and you just go with it. Mm-hmm. Or you see it as a so bad it's a good movie where you just accept everything about it. I can't even see that thought process as in it's so bad it's good. But... It's just such a good movie. I, I fucking love this I movie. Love, I do too. I love this movie. Honestly, like, I would love them to make a fucking video game of this. But, like, yeah. in the realm of, like, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. But you'd have to be playing this fucking Wesley so, Snipes character. Simon Phoenix. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It would have, like, a karmic balance where you, like, are balancing yourself between, like... Uh, well, I guess uh, John Spartan would be the middle ground. Yep. And you'd balance yourself between Simon Phoenix and fucking um, everyone else. Yeah. Uh, Cocteau. We'll say. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, sorry, back to the how did this get made point. They also all got the vibe that Sandra Bullock was supposed to be his daughter, but then they shut that down. Really? So that they, yeah. That's oh. birds. Yeah, that's a weird sounding bird. Yeah. But that, that's weird. I don't know why I never got that impression. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was always my first thought. when I my, The first time I saw this, I'm like, oh, she's supposed to be his daughter. We're going to find that out later. <laughs> and then they have sex, and then, like... <laughs> We never find out that she's his daughter. I'm well, like, they don't have sex. They do. It's led to believe that they do. You know, the they make the out pretty. Well, they don't do it though. <laughs> At they, the end of the movie, they make love. It's the hunk of chunk. <laughs> <laughs> the wild mambo. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the thing that Nick quotes every time I bring up Demolition Man too. He's like the hunk of chunk. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> this is so, just such a fun movie. Yeah fucking demolition man's the shit like this this is a movie you can just turn your brain off and enjoy this is one that unlike i think a lot of the ones we've had before this is one where you could just you don't have to think about it well and then but like every part of the movie makes sense yes to me Mm -hmm. like i mean 
nothing feels out of place. And I think it's like the perfect length the way it is. I don't feel like there's any fat on the movie really to trim off. Nope. I think everything works to the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's just such a fun fucking movie. And you know what? I don't even know anything else the director's fucking done. Marco Brambilla. Click on him. Let's find out. Maybe it's Brambilla. Brambilla? Uh, uh, yeah, it's probably Brambilla. He's Italian. Okay. Districted? Let's just scroll down a little bit. Sorry. Director. That's a, those are all of his directing credits. Demolition Man was his first directing credit. Oh. Well, he fucking nailed it. Um, no wonder he only did seven more movies after it. <laughs> as a director. Yeah. Excess Baggage. Dinotopia. Three episodes of TV miniseries. And then um, Dinotopia, five yeah. episodes of the regular TV series. Destricted. Uh, Kanye West featuring Dwele Power. Oh, video he, short. He directed a Kanye music video. RPM short. Evolution Megaplex short. The only feature film he's done is Demolition Man and Excess Baggage. What the fuck's Excess Baggage? Oh, let's find out. Came out in 97. Hey, it's got uh, fucking uh, what's-his-face there. I don't know who that is. Uh, Benicio del Toro. There we go. Is that him? Oh. That's Benicio del Toro. Yeah, he looks different, young. Yeah, he looks younger there than he did in fucking. Um... You're scrolling past the fucking synopsis. I'm not looking for the synopsis. I'm I trying was. to think of what Benicio del Toro's in the Unusual Suspects. Where's the synopsis at? Right there. Stop. Right above the director. A bratty teenager fakes oh. her own kidnapping, but gets mistakenly kidnapped for real instead. <laughs> well, the synopsis is really fucking tiny. Um. <laughs> Now we don't need to watch the movie, I think. <laughs> if it can be summed up in one sentence, let's just assume it's not a good movie. I mean, granted, like, every movie needs a logline, but that logline didn't sound super great. Anyway, Demolition Man, good job, Marco yeah. Brembia. You did, You could just stop right there. You don't need to. You've peaked. <laughs> in fact, he did stop right there pretty, pretty much. much. Um, all right, the next movie was on uh, John's list, but I totally fucking agree. Uh, keeping with the action movie theme. Dystopian future. Dystopian future action movie theme. <laughs> the improper dystopian future. Yes, the, uh, the one popularized by the Mad Max series. Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> um, this movie is nonstop fucking action from start to finish for fucking two solid hours of a car chase through a desert, and it is some of the most fucking engaging filmmaking I've ever seen in my life. Well, it's not nonstop action. It slows it's down once they really get away um, from the swampy area. That's where no, the, the swampy area. Start. The swampy area is where it slows down. That's what where, I'm saying. Yeah. So it slows down from that point. Yep. To the point where they just where Max goes out and says, "Let's go back." Yeah. Then it picks back up again. Yeah. So, so it's you like maybe like 20, twenty minutes, minutes of downtime, <laughs> which I will actually say is very important for action movies because the movie. I don't know if you saw Hardcore Henry. Yeah. That to me was one that never took a break at any point. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, the action was so over-the-top and meaningless that I lost all interest in the entire movie. Mm. Like, at the beginning, I was really engaged. And while I will say that uh, the fucking guy from District 9... Uh, oh, yeah. I don't Charlton know Copley? Cop- no, Char- no. Copley is right. Sh- his first Shiloh? name is Charlto. Oh, Charlto? Then it's Copley. Charlto, yeah, yeah. yeah, Charlto Copley. Okay. Okay, him. Uh, <laughs> wow, I got it right. Uh... He was a great fucking character. I really liked him in that movie. But right. Everything else I, he's probably good. the best part of the movie, Easily. actually. Considering Henry has zero personality. <laughs> but uh, Fury Road, on the other hand, does not have that problem. Right. And a quick uh, note, I would say the only part where Hardcore Henry does slow down is when he finally does meet, like, Jimmy, like, real yeah. wheelchair Jimmy. 
in like that whole section but it doesn't feel like it because it's still doing like the quick point of view cuts so it still doesn't feel like the movie's slowing down because of the editing but that's the nature of the editing it had to be like that so exactly so i I would agree with you there but hardcore henry was an interesting concept and i enjoyed it but definitely could have i think been done better but Mad Max Fury Road, this is the third movie that I think is the like epitome of perfect movie. Top five? Top Easily. five favorite movies, I'm saying? Easily. Really? Okay, oh, cool. yeah. Just, again, the nonstop action. Uh, Charlie's Throne is fucking great mm-hmm. as Furiosa. Another small story I'll tell about Columbia College opinions on this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you want to tell it now or do we, do we no, want no, to no, keep going okay. with what you're saying? I'm sorry. Um, fucking, I mean, Tom Hardy... Is good as Max. Like he, <laughs> he's he's he does the like the you know the man with no name quiet person act really well. Yeah, he does that great. He so, does it better than he did in Spain. Yeah, well, like Bain I wasn't mean, a Bain, quiet person though. Yeah, but he kind of is. Like he talked a lot, but he was soft spoken. Yeah, I guess I'll say that. The Max has similar like, demeanor to Max. I'll say Max has like six lines in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he spends most of his time looking out into the distance. <laughs> uh, I would say Bane lives in a world where you have to talk more. You don't have to talk in this world. That's a fair point. Which probably leads to its strengths of the movie. It's yeah. it's a very show you, not tell you movie. Like the world building, for like it all like it very quickly I think establishes like how this particular society works, mm-hmm. and you just accept. You're able to just accept how it works yeah this is another movie where it's like just turn your brain off and fucking watch it's just absorb what's happening yeah that but that whereas sometimes can be a negative where it's like it's not a great movie just shut your mind off and you'll i'm saying yeah it's not this way it's like don't try to overthink this movie right because you'll ruin it for yourself i was gonna say like if you're watching this movie with like a significant other who likes to ask a ton of questions like why is he doing this why are they doing that then you may not have fun watching this movie (laughs) Because then they're overthinking it. It's like you just have to turn your brain off, forget any preconceptions you have of like whatever, and just let this movie happen. Because it's fucking great, like you said. And this movie has one of my probably top five all theater moments in it. Like when I went and saw this in theaters. Oh, okay. I like, thought you were like, like theater. Like no. I was like, what? When, when I saw this movie in theaters. The f- the first time Max and Furiosa fight, actually, I think the only time Max and Furiosa fight near the beginning. Oh, outside the war rig. Yes, mm-hmm. when uh, he's still chained to the war boy, whose name I can't remember. Knox. 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 Um, sure. Um, I'll <laughs> With take his mates, Larry and Barry, they were there. Yes. Don't forget. Of course. <laughs> um, that fight, you know, they're they're going at it, and like Max finally gets the gun, and he fires it into the ground next to her head. Three times? Three times around her head, yeah. Yeah. That, like, just the sound and the impact of that moment in the theater, like, I was, like, stunned into, like, how fucking amazing this movie I knew was just going to continue to be from that point on. Right. Well, and then, like, if we're talking about the sound of that happening, like you say, it, like, caps off, and then the music of them fighting just stops right there, too. Yeah. Because, like, then Fury Rosa realizes, all right, the fight's over. Yeah. She's (laughs) like, I lost, but... (laughs) Let me tell you why you shouldn't put a fourth bullet in the ground right now yeah. through my head. <laughs> Just, and like fucking, because like Max has the gun and like even though Nux like kidnapped, I don't think that's his name. It is. It's Nux. Okay. Even though Nux kidnapped if you Max. Want, you can say Nicholas Holt. They were, you know, they were fighting together <laughs> yeah. against them because 
Max just wanted the rig. Max just needed a car to drive. That's right. all he wanted. So, um, like, they were both fighting against her, and, like, he comes up with the clip, and Max slams it down and fires into the ground. And, right. Like, it's just, like, how seamless that fucking entire fight was. It's just so goddamn impressive. <laughs> yeah. And the cinematography is fucking great. The fact that it's basically all practical effects. Right, yeah, that was a big part of it. Like, the scenes are composited of over each other, mm-hmm. but still, like... The, fucking, the stunts and stuff. A the, lot of it was like, I mean, they well, got Cirque du Soleil. Stunts, they got Cirque du Soleil doing like like the guys on the poles. That was all Cirque du Soleil, right? Um, fucking the Doof Warrior is fucking badass. Doof Warrior, the guitar guy. Oh, that's his name. Yeah, he's called the Doof Warrior. <laughs> okay, fucking incredible. Like, <laughs> like, and I loved uh, George Miller's explanation for why they had that. Was like, you know, it used to be armies would have like drummers, like, and drummers, stuff, and like stuff Civil to War. It. Yeah, well, like, even you go further back, it's like, this is to announce a large army is coming. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what's the Mad Max version of that? A guy with a fucking guitar and, like, dudes on massive drums and this giant-ass speaker set up around him <laughs> just, like, blasting heavy metal through the desert. Like, that's the Mad Max version of the drummers who were, like, the heralds before the fucking army. Right. I had a chance to buy the vinyl soundtrack for that movie for $12 and I didn't. I'm like, God, what a fucking asshole because now it's like 50 bucks. It's really expensive. You should still get it. I, I would still say it's probably worth it. The fucking soundtrack... I've I listen to the soundtrack still from time to time. Like it's not <laughs> it's not a good just like sitting around listening to music. You I noticed be doing that accidentally. Awesome. <laughs> um, I was okay. watching or no, I wasn't watching. I was um I used to be a custodian for uh, a middle school uh-huh. and um. I was listening to that one night while I was cleaning and I'm cleaning like the principal's offices and stuff and it's like playing and it's really intense and it's in like an office corridor so there's lots of doors, lots of corners and it was like, it made me fucking nervous because I was like looking around the corner for something to happen because the dr- drums are hitting like super heavy Yeah. and I was like, oh, I, I gotta change this. <laughs> this is a little too intense for what I'm doing doesn't, right doesn't now. Work. <laughs> like if you're driving, it's good driving music. Another good story. Was it when you helped move yes, Nick, Nick to yeah. normal? Yeah. <laughs> Me and uh, Laud were in one car. You were in a different car, and yeah, then I Nick was and Mariah were in and another I, car. Yeah, I heard you, you guys. Did your mom go with them? Yeah. Time? Okay, were yep. you with your mom then? No. So it was an envoy of like, or a yeah. convoy of like five yeah. cars? Well, because I was coming from DeKalb. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. But um, so me and Laud are listening to the soundtrack for this in our car. Yeah. And Nick uh, is in his car and he actually has a Mad Max on the Immortan Joe skull. sigil hanging yeah. from his uh, rear view mirror. But uh, I roll the window down and I stick my hands out and I go, Immortan! And I do the hand signal or the, yeah, this. That, yeah. And uh, he looks over with like a really stern face. <laughs> And uh, then I just went to Lotto. I was like, he looked at me. He looked right at me. <laughs> Great moment. Not very good for story for just audio. <laughs> but you had to so, be, it was a you had to be there story. If you watch the scene where Nux has a blood <laughs> bag on the front of the car and he says that to a Morton Joe, that, picture that happening with a bunch of kids in their early 20s on yeah. a freeway. <laughs> yeah. Not nearly as cool looking, but kind of funny. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a good story. <laughs> But so what was, was that the story from Columbia that you wanted to tell oh, or you had no. another one? Because I, I do want to hear this one. So um, I talked about the cinema slapdown earlier that we did for Whiplash. Yep. They had one for Mad Max Fury Road. And these were great because it was just a free screening of the movie and yeah. an actual theater, like full-size theater. So 
Um, we went to it, and it's free. Um, and then at the end, they always do a slapdown as they debate the movie. And what was fucking hilarious was you could, very much like Whiplash, you could so tell the other person fucking loved the movie because they came cosplayed in, like, a bunch of steampunk fucking gear. Like, she was, like, a, um, uh, uh like a warboy type character. Or, no, like, um, one of the girls of the, uh, oh, um, the green place. Okay. The, the, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, the green place. She was dressed like one of them. So... She's trying to argue, like, what could be bad about the movie. And once again, it took a feminist, like, point, like, route where it just said the, um, the girls that, and Morton Joe, like, the whole reason they're chasing, um, the war rig, she said that those girls had no agency in the movie. It's like, that's the fucking point. That's why they're being stolen away from the fucking Citadel. Here's the thing. Because they she have no agency. She knows that. I know. It's so and, frustrating, though. Still even like suck. trying to make the argument. Hey, I still I still remember um, freshman year of college, I had to take a speech. You know, everybody's got to fucking take a speech class for some stupid-ass reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like, because not everybody's going to... Not everybody gives speeches in their jobs. You know, I get why it's an important skill to be able to talk to people, but yeah. not everybody ends up speaking in front of crowds. I had a horrible speech time at our Rock Valley. Me and Nick will yeah. talk about it at some point on the podcast, I'm assuming. <laughs> oh, I would love to hear about that at some point, but you got to have Nick here for that. <laughs> but, uh, so, fucking... First off, it was an online class. We only met in class to give the speeches. Oh, okay. So that was dumb. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> Sounds weird, yeah. So, and in one of your speeches, you had to go down to the, uh, the comms lab and, like, record it and have some comms TA... Comms, oh, communications? Yeah. Okay. And have some comms TA listen to it and critique it. So, in the last one, you had to do, like, you know, like a fucking persuasive speech. Yeah. And I've written so many fucking persuasive essays in high school about why video game violence does not cause violence. I wrote to, one also in college. Because <laughs> to me, I'm like, that's an inter- that's a topic I'm interested in. And I still personally believe, and I think it's been pretty well proven, that it does not cause violence. Right. But I did no prep work for this speech at all. <laughs> um, and I went to the comms lab because this was the last speech and I still hadn't done this. So I'm like, well, I got to do it for my fucking persuasive speech, I guess. Um, and I fucking winged that speech. Hmm. And I talked about how video game violence does cause violence. Oh, really? You went the other way on it? Yeah, because I'm like, it, it's just going to be so much easier to just talk about. Because sometimes that's easier to talk about. Like, it's like, I can so much easier, like, bullshit this argument right. about why it does. And I fucking made that shit up on the spot. <laughs> and I somehow remembered enough of it, so when I got to class, I just said it again. <laughs> I got, like, a B on it, and that was it. And I'm like, okay, nice. cool. <laughs> My favorite part about it, though, is I opened with an Eminem lyric. What was it? Hi, kids. Do you like violence? You want to see me stick nine inch nails through each one of my eyelids? <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, that's the only thing I remember about that speech. <laughs> so nice. But uh, yeah, so like that's that's kind of unfortunate situation you get stuck in sometimes with having to make persuasive arguments. Yeah. But uh, but like you could tell she didn't even want to be on that side because she also said, and to be honest, even I thought that movie was pretty fucking good. It's like, yeah, we can tell you thought the movie was pretty fucking good. You came You're dressed, dressed up, up as the character. You've already seen it too. <laughs> yeah. Like we did this like, I think it was probably a full year after the movie had already come out. So everyone's seen it before. Mm-hmm. It was just an opportunity for those who hadn't. I guess. It was really just an opportunity for the debate, which the debate was bullshit anyway. <laughs> But, 
Yeah, obviously, Fury Mad Road. Max Fury Road, fucking great movie. Uh, to me, one of the absolute pinnacles of action movies. One of the all-time greatest action movies ever made. Uh, you could, I mean, I would even say movies overall, just for the way it, it does tell its story. It's, oh, yeah, I'd agree with that, It's so too. much the show-me-don't-tell-me. Yes. Like, that's the, that's the, the goal of filmmaking, is to illustrate a story. It's a visual medium. Like, I mean, making the audio and the sound perfect, like, just adds to the visuals of yeah. it it's making you believe what you see but it's better to see like you understand that immortan joe you know is clearly like this tyrant because he provides just a little bit of water for all of these people to fight over and then tells them it's like don't get addicted to water because when it's gone you'll miss it even though he's sitting on an as entire much mo- water as he fucking wants <laughs> yeah like he's got all the water he could ever need but he's keeping his people down that way and they really do it justice in that just one scene right and you know what's cool about that is like water really is the only thing you need to be alive i mean like food yeah but like water is like one of the biggest things you need to be alive like they try to do tyrants other ways like with money that way like robin hood's like all about taxes and stuff yeah but like doing it with water (laughs) like literally not letting your people have water that is like the best way to illustrate a fucking tyrant yeah and so (laughs) like for that and just like the way that everything, like, all of the other, like, factions work and everything. Like, somehow Morton Joe can get, like, the bullet farmer and the fucking, uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the guzzling uh, guy? Or Gastown. Yeah. Also, I'd like to point out the reason they call it guzzling is because uh, in uh, the Mad Max uh, Road War, at least th- th- this isn't anything I saw confirmed or anything, but Mel Gibson had used to have a very Australian accent, mm. um, having grown up in Australia. And so, like, he was just trying to say gasoline, but with the accent, it came out guzzling. Oh. You go, hey, gasoline. That was a really shitty Australian accent. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. It's just been recorded on the podcast, no, John. <laughs> it's, it's permanent now. God damn it. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, it's just the way he says gasoline sounded like guzzling. Right. And then, like, every character is just, like, you believe. It's like, oh, yep, yeah, that's who you are. You are yeah. this person. Yep. Like, there's no one, like... You really can't say anything's overacted. Like, it is, but it totally fits to the environment and, like, who the characters the, the, are or this, who they the, would be. The Well, and it's about, like, the craziness and the desperation for survival in this, this time. So it permeates every other aspect of your life. Right. Like, like, everything about this movie becomes so believable it's insane. Yeah. Like, it shocks you and then you buy into it. Yeah. What the fuck? probably fireworks i know but goddamn. <laughs> yeah i know the fourth was almost a month ago but, <laughs> but i mean like them using humans for transfusions like they yeah. just like just take it straight from the source instead of getting an actual blood bag they'll fucking strap you to the front of your their car <laughs> and fucking you know use you as a hood ornament and also as a blood transfusion yeah by the way did you see my instagram post the other day yeah yeah with the with the teddy bear <laughs> it was the garfield i think oh <laughs> i was at walmart uh, this is for the viewer or listeners i always stick to viewers uh so i was at walmart the other day and i pulled up and on the other row of like parking um there's a fucking big yellow truck and they have a garfield stuffed animal taped to their grill or like stuck to their grill yeah so i just posted witness me blood bag <laughs> yeah <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Uh, also, very quotable movie. Yeah, it's It's got some quotes. I don't know if it's necessarily super quotable. But I would say for because there's not a lot of dialogue for what they do say, there's yeah. good quotes. I agree. I will agree with that. 
Like it makes pretty much, it makes at least like seventy five percent of what Max says quotable. Not really. He doesn't have any good quotes. I don't think. Well, okay. I guess I like quoting what he says. Then I'll say that because uh, I don't remember for what context this was, but I had the opportunity to just go, Max. (laughs) My name is Max. (laughs) I don't remember what it was, but it was funny at the time, and clearly not funny now. That doesn't translate well at all. all right, Mad Max, good movie. Fucking perfect movie. That's Let's go to another good movie. I think this one was on my list as well. This was also on your list. Yep, uh, the another for contender for greatest action movie of all time uh, is T2 Judgment Day. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yes. Fucking great fucking action movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Fucking start to finish. Arguably the best Terminator movie. I mean, it's this or T1, so... No, it's Terminator fucking Salvation. I fucking love Terminator Salvation. It's okay. It's it's okay. I will. You know what I'll say about Salvation? It's better than 3 in Genesis. Easily. But, I like it better than the first Terminator. Uh, no, for me, the first two are the best, and Terminator 2 is the best Terminator movie. We'll see what Dark Fate does later, but... Dark I'm, Fate looks like a fucking stinker. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but Terminator 2, like... I mean, the early, early exam- The only thing that makes this movie not perfect is the fucking advertising where they gave away that Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be a good guy in this movie. Oh, did they? Yes, they did. Like oh. the trailer is like shows him show up and like start shooting the liquid Terminator. I guess that has to be the hook though to find out like why is he helping them? No, but you don't. You just don't show that shit in the trailer. It's what you do. You can tease that Arnold Schwarzenegger's back at like the end of the. He came back. Um, at the end of the fucking trailer. All they do is just show the slow motion of him walking up and pulling the shotgun out yeah. of the box of roses. But Don't they, show who he's walking up to. Just show yeah. that. But they show him then start shooting the T-1000. Hmm. It's like, fucking why? Because up until that point, in the movie, it's even set up that he could still be the bad guy. Yeah, I so guess. So it's like they sent two fucking Terminators to kill John Connor this yeah. time. Yeah. And they could have just cut, like, they could have been like... You know, it's like they sent two Terminators to try and kill John Connor. They show Schwarzenegger, so they're like, ooh, Arnie's back. And then it's like, and they also sent their newest model or whatever. Robert and Patrick. Sh- <laughs> and, and then he showed the T-1000. Okay, Robert Patrick is fucking, like, he doesn't have a single line in this movie, does he? No, Except he does. when he's the, the actual. Oh, no. Uh, he has lines when he's like, oh, yeah, I guess it's like. No, he does seen, have yeah, actual yeah, him lines. Have you seen, fucking, his cameo in Wayne's World is one of my all-time favorite cameos, too. Oh, you know what? I haven't seen Wayne's World beginning to end. I've oh, seen parts of it. They get pulled over at one point, and he comes up. He's like, have you seen this boy? And he's got a picture <laughs> of John Connor. <laughs> and then Wayne just like, looks at camera, screams, and drives off real fast. <laughs> um, That's awesome. One of my favorite cameos ever. They didn't show him do the high hands behind the car? No, like, he like, walked, he like took a couple steps, and then just like it stops, and then that's the next scene. <laughs> He should have. They should have had him come sprinting after the car. <laughs> but, like, that seems like fucking could be, I mean, by kind of today's sensibilities, not so much. But, like, you know, you watch that for the first time not knowing, like, that's fucking terrifying. This is an unstoppable killing machine coming sprinting after your car, mm-hmm. and it's keeping pace. Yeah. Like, watching Terminator 1, like, it almost seems like a little silly because, like, Terminator is just, like, slow-moving robot. But yeah. then... In Terminator 2, he's like a liquid Terminator. He can, like... That becomes so much scarier. Yeah, because he, like, he can be anybody. 
Yeah, exactly. Like it's almost like a pseudo horror movie. Yeah. Well, the first one when I was, was little, a it felt like a horror movie. Well, the first Terminator one was two. a horror movie. It was considered horror. Terminator One is definitely a horror movie. Oh. The way because it's a slasher movie, but he uses guns instead of anything else. I suppose. He's I guess moving. because of that, it's He's hard to think of it as a horror movie. Well, I think the reason we, see, but T Two was straight action. Like mm-hmm. I can, I, I agree. There's some of the aspect of horror, but you've got uh, the T eight hundred on your side, and you've got my also favorite incarnation of Sarah Connor. Yeah. Uh, where she's this fucking just badass character, and she and Sarah Connor in this movie is one of my favorite movie characters. Period. Really, I, I fucking love Sarah Connor in T in T two. Hmm. Um, the only thing I guess I that I kind of like fall off of Sarah Connor a little bit with this movie is just because like she's so walled off from her from John. Yeah, which is like was her big reason of getting out was so she could still train John, but she's. Like, she barely talks to him at all, even. Like, even in, like, a sense of training him, she, like, doesn't talk to him. Which was my only issue with him, with her, I guess. Yeah, I, and I get that, but just, like... But it, it still kind of makes sense, because she's, like, you know, fucked up, PTSD stuff. You know? Yeah. And now she's working with the thing that fucking tried to kill her. Yeah, it's a pretty big mind fuck. Maybe there's a little bit of distrust point. of John because he's working with a Terminator. Yeah. So then, it all makes Terminator sense. Terminator Genesis, but... he becomes a Terminator for some fucking reason. <laughs> Oh, you didn't like that? No, I fucking hated that movie. <laughs> I thought Jai Courtney and was fine, and I thought uh, Amelia Clark was fine, mm-hmm. and I thought Arnold Schwarzenegger was fine. Yeah, I, the movie sucked. <laughs> I don't um, know. I, that movie is almost—it's a little. Well, it's not even like it's so bad. It's good. No, just like it's just I, the good parts are entertaining enough for like maybe two views for me. See, I, I got my it got my one sit through, and I'm like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> Here's the thing: I've seen every Terminator movie, yeah. so I'm gonna see Dark Fate. I probably won't see it in theaters. I'll probably see it in theaters, but um, have fun wasting that ten dollars. Or I guess go in the morning. Yeah, I go five. in the morning. I'm I'm smart about it. Um, that's but, how you can afford to see movies three or four times. Exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck, I'm not going afternoon. <laughs> first thing in the morning. First thing I do is open my day with a movie. <laughs> Um, but, uh, just the, again, the action is great. This one, this for me is a movie where it's like, if it's on TV, I'll stop and I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. I'll watch Terminator 2. Um, just, yeah, the fucking, I mean, this is a quotable movie. I mean, you get your hasta la vista, baby. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you don't get I'll be back from this one, but. You get I'll be back, baby. No, wait. No, it's hasta la vista, baby. Right, I thought at one point... Oh no! I thought like the Terminator did like use "I'll be back, baby," but that's "Hasta la vista, baby." Yeah. Okay. There, there was one, I thought there was one other one. Oh fuck! There was one other one. There was another like thing. It's that, like super sweary. Oh, it's though. like chill out, dickwad, or something yeah. like that. Step off, no, dill hole. It's it, dickwad is definitely the end, the last part. I think it's chill out, dickwad. Hmm. Maybe I don't remember. I don't really remember that one either. <laughs> Asta la Vista, baby, is the, the bigger one. I'll be back. It's so big soon. that they use it in Terminator 3. You don't remember me? Asta la Vista, baby? When John Connor's talking to the Terminator who's just oh. saved him, he's like, really? You don't remember me? And he's like, oh, I'm not the same fucking Terminator. Except he behaves in all the same ways. Like, he learned the lessons that John Connor taught him in T3. Well. He does. Because, like, when he gets... Because uh, in Terminator 2... They sit down and like he doesn't know where to find the keys and John checks the fucking rear view mirror and the keys fall out. The first thing the Terminator does in T3 when he steals a car is he 
fucking pulls the visor down to get the keys. Hmm. So even though it's not the same fucking Terminator, he fucking knows all the shit that John Connor taught him, even though that information could not possibly have gotten transmitted. Well, I guess it could have. I mean, because the John Connor of the future sent him back. No, Catherine Brewster sent him back because John Connor got killed in the future. Yeah. Fuck. He must have had a line of deprogrammed T-800s. He's like, all right, and this one, make sure you send back at this point in my life. And make sure it knows to get the fucking keys. Because if we wait at that fucking vet, we're getting killed. (laughs) Yeah. So, why don't we send the one that knows how to get the keys to when you were younger? Because I didn't show him that yet. We had time when that happened. Because you want to fuck up the timeline? (laughs) (laughs) We've already fucked up the timeline. The viewers don't even know. How do you know there's viewers? Because of the timeline. Well, here's the other thing. And why every subsequent Terminator movie fucks things up is the message. Aside like, from salvation. The yeah. point in uh, Terminator and Terminator Two, well, Terminator One is very uh, fatalistic in that you can't change your your destiny because no matter what, like John Connor is born, that picture of Sarah Connor gets taken, and then she gives that to Kyle or John Connor gives that to Kyle Reese. Yeah. When he goes back in time to find Sarah Connor and become his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then in Terminator 2, you can change the future. The guy who would create Skynet does not create Skynet. He's like, fucking kill, killing robots? No, we're not doing We're, we're not making Skynet. Um, and so like that, they destroy the, liquid, the T-1000. Uh, they have to terminate... The T-800. Terminate the Terminator? Yeah, but he can't self-terminate, so they need to lower him into the lava, and then he does the thumbs up, Yep. and it's fucking depressing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, like, and then it's like, okay, so you can change Destiny. And then T-3, Terminator 3, they're like, nah, nah, it still happens. Don't worry about it. We'll still keep making Terminator movies. Skynet still happens. Nothing you do matters. It's going to happen. It's like, okay, we'll fucking make up your mind. The only good thing about T3 for me is that it sets up for Terminator Salvation, which is a... Much better movie. It's it's the perfect way to do a future Terminator movie. It's the perfect way to do a Terminator movie after Judgment Day. Yeah. I Yeah. So that's the only, like, good that Terminator 3 serves, I I think. I I could give Salvation another watch. Like, I would be willing to give Salvation another watch. Genesis and 3, however, I would not watch again. That's fine. T2 still, though, is the best one. You get the fucking cool shotgun flip on the motorcycle, the fucking chase through the fucking... Aqueducts? Yeah. Or whatever it is. The L.A. River? Yeah. (laughs) And with the fucking T-1000 jumping the fucking truck down into him... Chasing mm-hmm. them after him, just everything. Like, I'm not going to the action. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Terminator Two was my favorite Terminator for a long time, until I saw Salvation, and I just kept watching it, and I fucking love Salvation because it's such a cool way to do the future, and like it's a future that exists before the T800. Like the T800 comes in at the very end of the movie, mm. which is like a cool way to do it, also. Yeah. Was also made when he was the governor, so he was not being in movies, so they had to just kind of CGI his face. Was he still the governor at that yes, point? Yes, he was. 2009? I guess it was probably filmed in 2007, so. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So but that's... the CGI for that looked good. They used it just sparingly enough, and then they melt his face off pretty quickly, too, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so T2 and Mad Max Fury Road are two of my all-time favorite action movies easily. 
Like and Die Hard's in there Demolition too. Demolition Man. And Demolition Man. <laughs> but if I mean, to be fair, out of those four movies I just said, if I had to choose one to watch, I'd probably watch Mad Max first. Out of all four of those. Do you but, like Die Hard more than uh, Demolition Man? I think so. Well, that's just too bad. Um, I like. Uh, don't get me wrong. Demolition Man is fucking flawless, but <laughs> no, that's not part. Of, that's not part of our de- definition of perfect. Flawlessness does not equal perfection. In in our def- in either of our definitions. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because that's what you said about uh, 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 Godfather. Yeah, but okay. well, I mean, there's fuck. I mean, to be fair, there are some flaws in fucking Demolition Man. Not many. <laughs> what's a flaw in Demolition Man? Oh man, what's a flaw? Uh, See, I think when you get to that point, then that becomes objective. Because, like, something you consider a flaw could be, like, maybe something I like about the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Subjective is what you mean. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) All right. But I think that's enough about T2. I think we get on to our last movie here. Because we're, once again, at an hour 45. So this is going to be. I figured this was going to be a two hour one. Yeah, this will be our longest podcast. Yeah, our longest yeah. one so far is an hour fifty, and we're at an hour forty-eight. So, all right, I don't think we're gonna wrap this up in two minutes. Or we can just cut this last movie and call it now. No, yeah. let's break. It right <laughs> let's let's get there. Let's let's wrap this fucker up. Okay, and uh, this is our last movie. This was on my list, but and I wouldn't say this isn't like it's a last but not least, but it's not like this one's the best one out of all the list. No, the, we again, we put them together just kind of thematically. It's like we put all the animated movies first and then some more of the dramatic comedies, or the comedy stuff, and then the dramatic shit, and the action shit, and now this is like the culmination of all of those genres. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, yeah, that's actually a good point. The, yeah. Oh, that's another reason to call this maybe a perfect movie. It does incorporate every genre. A lot of genres together. Maybe not this one... As well, well, go ahead. What's the movie? I guess maybe Two Towers might do all of the genres more justice. Yeah, or Return of the King. It's it's Not Fellowship of the, of the Rings. Wait, this is this is yes. We're on Fel- Lord, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Of the, Rings the, the Fellowship of the, of the Ring. Ring. Uh, that's that's Jinx. Anyway, soda. No, go. No, now I'll finish talking about this. <laughs> go ahead. I'll be quiet. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. Lord <laughs> of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, and actually, like you said, I. Uh, yeah, I guess there really isn't too... There's smaller based action in this. Yeah. So it doesn't have, like, the Battle of Helm's Deep. I, I guess I would say then the Two Towers is the best culmination of pretty much every genre. But I, I like this one because I it's funnier. It's got... I, I enjoy the lighter parts better, hey, This is a, This is easily the lightest of the three movies. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Which um, I guess is my only problem with The Return of the King. But it has to be the heavier movie. Yeah. You're, so you're it makes finalizing sense. everything at that point. Um, but yeah, Fellowship of the Ring came out in two thousand one, and this movie still holds up, and it fucking rips. <laughs> yes, this movie is fucking fantastic. We want to talk about like, I mean, effects. Just we could just talk about the effects that they still hold up. They still look fucking phenomenal. And there's some CGI, but it's used sparingly enough. And then we can contrast it. It's to, all used landscapey, which yeah. fits to like a fantastical environment anyway. And Gollum even looks fucking good. He's not in this one. He he. You He's see his hands bit. and his face. That's right. Because he peeks through that weird like. Is it a chain or a ladder? I don't know what he's climbing. Sure. He's climbing um, something. Yeah. <laughs> but fucking. Then you contrast this to the fucking Hobbit, which uses Over, like mm, it's it made up look, a little bit. Overly CGI. My it voice cracked. There you go. Yeah, it did not look good even when it came out. 
Yeah. The CGI. Well, I didn't think the CGI looked good even when it came out. I bought it then, but looking back on it now, look. Okay, I'm also amazed that I bought X Men Origins Wolverine with the CGI claws. Interesting. I didn't realize they were CGI. I don't know why until a subsequent I, watch. Yeah. Well. I had gone like maybe five or six year gap where I hadn't seen it. Yeah. And then I saw it again. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, that's weird looking. So, yeah, we went through a phase there where CGI was, it still is getting overly used. Yeah, I mean, but. I think because I think people was... see like Avatar where so much of that is CGI, but it still, and I know this is a discussion, but it still looks good for Avatar. Yeah, sure. And then like everywhere else is like, oh, we can CGI everything. This will yeah. make it so much easier. But you, but, but then it, you have to know what the fuck you're doing with it. Like, right? I, for all the how I don't give two shits about Avatar, and I don't think it's really that good of a movie. Like, it did look good. Yeah. It absolutely looked good, and James Cameron knew what the fuck he was doing with that CGI. And I would say it served like, a purpose. Yes, and I would honestly say that the especially the last two Avengers movies have done that. Have done the CGI, I think, really well. Right. That's my problem with Avengers One is that now looking at it, like. All the explosions are CGI, and, like, you can see that, like, so there's an explosion on a building, and then you see through the smoke that there's, like, nothing wrong with the building. Yeah. That, I noticed that, and then also when Thor fucking crashes down, and he's, like, falling behind a hill, and you just see dirt kicking up from behind the hill, like, I don't buy that he just crashed into <coughs> this, like, ground. It, no. it looks fake to me. That's fair. But, <laughs> yeah, but... I think especially, I mean, like, Thanos looks fucking great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The final battle in Endgame was fucking... Seamless. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but then you go back to something like Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings, where it's a lot of practical effects, which is, again, what Mad Max did, too. Right. Mad Max and, like, is going to hold up. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I didn't I even think... that for sure. I didn't think the Sandstorm did in Mad Max, personally, but... Yeah, other th but other than it's that. such a grand scale that I buy the sandstorm. Yeah, I was okay. I'm not like it wasn't a knock to it. I think that's even when I watched the first time, I'm like, yeah, it looks kind of. Eh. But Lord of the, it's going to do basically the same thing as Lord of the Rings. It's going to age very well. Right. The more you got to mix your practical with CGI, and you got to kind of keep the seat like know what the fuck you're doing with your CGI. Because I mean, Lord of the Rings was a lot of forced perspective. Like, they oftentimes were sitting at, like, ends of tables to each other, facing each other, mm -hmm. but the way the camera was sitting, it looked like they were closer. Like, I think usually uh, uh, Frodo was farther away. Oh, yeah. And then uh, fucking Gandalf would be closer, but where the camera was positioned, they looked like they were sitting facing each other. Right, okay, to make him look like a hobbit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and like you say, like, uh, when your whole movie's based on CGI, it has to be... You have to Seamless. know what the fuck you're, you <laughs> like you you're doing. But, uh, I mean, like, the CGI isn't, like, the main sell of this movie. No. I mean, and then if you're, like, comparing Lord of the Rings to The Hobbit, and I haven't read Lord of the Rings, all of them, but uh, it does, I know it at least follows the timeline and, like, the story. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say timeline. It follows the story better than The yes. Hobbit does oh, to God, The Hobbit. Yeah. And I only say timeline because, like, you know, I you probably know this, but when uh, Gandalf tells him to keep it secret, keep it safe, mm -hmm. and then he leaves and then comes back, yeah, that's 17 years. Yeah, in the movie, <laughs> it seems like it's, like, six months. I didn't even think it seemed that long. Okay. I get Before that. I... watching the extended edition, you don't seem feel like it's that long because in the extended edition, they show the scene where they go to the pub and he's hanging out with Sam and he hears the other fucking hobbits talking. Oh, so you don't see Gandalf going to research it? 
No, you do. Regular one. You do. He oh. goes off to research it, but I didn't like in the extended edition at least because this, since that's the only version I've watched lately. Mm-hmm. Like I have not watched the regular editions since I've bought Nick the extended editions, and the last two times I've watched any of these movies have been marathons of just all three of them back to back. Right. So what I remember is him telling him keep it secret, keep it safe. And then he fucking leaves, and we watch Gandalf doing research and all that shit. So I don't remember if that's in the regular version. In the theatrical version, um, it cuts down some of the research. It doesn't... I don't even know if it does show him riding up to Minas Tirith. Oh, wow. So I don't know if it shows, like, that wide shot of him at Minas Tirith. I, I know it shows him, like, going in and reading because he's, like, reading um, Isildur's, like, last thoughts mm-hmm. on the ring. Or his thoughts on when he killed Sauron. Yep. Um, so I thought it was, like, you know... A week's ride. <laughs> I didn't know like that information was at Minas Tirith. Also, at the time, I didn't know where Minas Tirith was or what it was or anything like that. Yep. I'm talking about when I first saw the movie. Oh, so, yeah. until I saw the theatrical version and Nick actually mentioned to me, like, yeah, that's years that that takes place. Yeah. I'd because know. Frodo's 33 years old when he's given the ring. Okay. And he becomes 50 years old, which is the exact same age that Bilbo was when he left for his adventure in The Hobbit. So that it gets poetic that way. Yeah. So, 17 years. <laughs> I didn't realize he was supposed to be that young. 33? Yeah. Or, sorry, old. I don't know if in Hobbit years that's old or not, but... Well, good. Bilbo was 111, but he was, like, unusually good-looking for 111 because of the ring. Yeah. So... He kept him young, which is weird because Gollum got way worse looking as he got older. <laughs> Well, he's Gollum's 500 years old. Well, no, I know, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> even as you watch his transformation... Like, he never seen like he was already not a good looking guy to begin with, <laughs> and then he just got worse over time. Well, he lived a very different life than Bilbo did in the Shire. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, he's in caves and mongering on fish. That's a fair point. And yes. also, Bilbo didn't wear the ring as much. Yeah, I am assuming Gollum was like sitting crouched in a corner, just putting it on, taking it off a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for five hundred years. <laughs> yeah, but um. No, so I didn't realize that, like, that's how old he was supposed to be because fucking Elijah Wood is looks really fucking young. I don't even know how old he was when this was. He was 18. Out. Seriously, he was 18 when this I one? think he said that on an interview with Conan. I mean, it's really easy. Scroll down. This one came out in 01. Now click on Elijah Wood. Thorn Bay. What, oh, oh, oh. what the fuck? Where is he? He's way down the list. Apparently. Am I fucking stupid? Why no. am I missing this? No, he's just not there. You gotta have to pull up the full cast. God, Elijah Wood got fucked. Um, there Jesus he is. Christ. He's under Hugo Weaving. And fucking Liv Tyler's Arwen. Uh, Alright, so he was born in 81, so he would have been 20 when the movie came out. Okay, but so, 18 but when, yeah, when he filmed. Yeah, very easily could have been 18, 19. Shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's why I didn't understand. That's why, to me, I'm like, fucking, he was supposed to be 33. <laughs> <laughs> They're very lucky that they picked an actor who just happens not to age over time, by the way. Because <laughs> he still relatively looks like he's 20 years old. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I think Sam is the oldest out of all four of the Hobbits. Hmm. His character, anyway. I mean, we know that Sean Astin's the oldest. Yeah. Billy Boyd might be the only one who competes with older... Because he's kind of an old guy, too. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I agree. Anyways, back to your point about the scale of time. Yeah. Well, um, and then also, like we were saying with Mad Max, this movie is a great show-don't-tell movie. 
like, I mean, if you really want to know what's going on, read the book and you know what the whole world is about. Yeah. But, and then we can also talk about how you cut out filler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this movie's a great way to cut out filler. Like Tom Bombadil, from what I understand, is just a lot of filler. Yeah, but he still might have been interesting. I mean, like, just the idea of Tom Bombadil. But I'm saying all this... I guess he's part of that. All the stuff in the Buckland Forest. Yeah. Which they do well in Fangorn Forest. Illustrating Mm -hmm. that idea that the forests... The trees fucking talk and move around. Yeah. Because that's what the whole idea of Buckland Forest is. And then Tom Bombadil saves them from that. Because they get lost there. Mm. Seriously, like, half the Fellowship is them getting out of the Shire. It's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I've not. I've only read The Hobbit, and okay. it took me about four tries to read The Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> I still haven't read the full Hobbit, actually. Mostly because I, the first couple of times, I got really like annoyed at the scene with the dwarves like singing and throwing his dishes around. I'm like, all right, this is, I don't give a fuck. This is like 20 pages under the book. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, I'm finally like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and I'll fucking read this book. <laughs> and I did, and it's enjoyable. They did that scene well in the movie, at least. Yeah. <laughs> They changed the songs around, by the way, in The Hobbit. From the book, like, the songs are structured differently. Mm-hmm. And then when they do them in the movie, like, it, it fits better as far as, like, the rhyming and the melody and stuff. Yeah. Except for the um, uh, Far Over the Misty Mountains Cold. Mm-hmm. That one, they keep the same. But, uh, yeah. yeah so... The Fellowship. And, I mean, it's a great start to what the trilogy is, too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like... This is definitely a movie that if it's on, I'll switch to it fucking at any point. Yeah, this is one I could definitely do that with as well. Which is crazy because like these movies are so long too. Especially if you watch the extended editions. Which I would recommend that you do. Because yeah. the extended edition, like They're like three. They hours had to delete pop, the scenes. No, the extended edition. Like, that's right. They're close to five. No, no. The first two were about four. Because it takes twelve hours to watch all of them. Does it? I thought yep. it was longer. Nope. The last one's like four and a half. Okay. The the first two are like three hours fifty nine, three hours fifty seven, or some shit like that. Oh, okay. And then the last one's like four and a half hours. Okay. Um. Well, then, yeah. Well worth sitting down and watching all the way through, front to start, like start to finish. Right, and like you can watch a movie, and then it'll have deleted scenes, and you're like, oh, it makes sense that they cut that out. It's not really pointing to the story. The deleted scenes for these that they include in the extended edition, yeah, you might be able to see like, I guess I get why they cut it out, but you're happy that you're seeing it. Yes, it doesn't feel out of place. It uh, fits in with the story. It just adds that much more. And I try not to be this kind of a snob, but I think watching the extended editions is the correct way to watch these movies. Yeah, like I I've, wouldn't even say it. I I agree. Like, That's what I'm saying. They add to the movie. Like, I don't know if I could go and just watch the original versions again. It's not nearly as fun. Because they had the original, the theatrical version on Netflix. Yeah, it's like, why would you watch that? Because I was bored. Fucking, <laughs> well, that's fair. Fucking, it, like, I never experienced it because I don't give a shit about the Titanic movie either. But uh, that was on two VHS tapes. Yep. Like, that, it was that long. It was like three hours or some shit. Fucking... Lord of the Rings on Blu-ray Extended Edition is two discs for each movie. Yeah. You have to stop halfway through and change <laughs> fucking discs. Yeah. But, worth it. It's worth oh. getting up and doing it. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, the last time and me and Nick get, watched it. then you count it as an intermission. You go get popcorn and soda. Yeah, the, the last time me and Nick watched it, we uh, 
what was it? They, when they got to Rivendell, we had to pause and go get fucking energy drinks because we were falling asleep because we'd gotten up early to do this. Oh, okay. I was like, you were already worn out by Rivendell? What yeah, the fuck? Yeah, we, we woke up early to do this and we're like, okay, there hasn't been a lot of action or like super, super interest, like visually engaging stuff. Right. So we're just like, kind of like, we need something to drink. So I went and got energy drinks. We also had had uh, Bloody Marys in the morning. Well, yeah, that'll fucking make you tired <laughs> and then uh, i don't remember i think we just had like ciders or some shit with two towers and then i had like and fucking something else for fucking we had one alcoholic drink with each movie uh-huh. and then we made like snacks and shit and watched them and i fucking snapchatted through like a good like from rivendell to the end of return of the king i was like sending snapchat like <laughs> adding to my stories we were going uh-huh. like live snapping up which you could have strung together and made the theatrical versions of the movies. <laughs> just sit there. It's like, really, it's soon because I mean, there's a there's a limit to how long like the videos can be. Yeah, three snaps worth. No, it's like it's more than that. I thought. No, it does like three clips blocked I together. It goes up to like five. Well, not when I last I did it. Anyways, <laughs> as soon as that's done, send quick and start recording again. <laughs> but uh, It'd be a pain in the ass way to watch fucking Lord of the Rings. Yeah, because also my phone fucking loads Snapchat like it's... Fucking 12 hours worth of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it, it loads Snapchat like it's trying to load a Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, and then... Acting's great, visuals are great, everything about this movie's fucking amazing. Right, storytelling-wise, fucking awesome. Like you say, the characters are all fun and cool. Yep. Like, I don't... I can't think of any character I even dislike in this one. Oh, dislike it? No, I don't think there is one. I mean, because you can, like, dislike Grima Wormtongue in <laughs> Two he's Towers. A, but he's a, well, and he's a fucking villain, so right. you're kind of supposed to. Yeah. Fucking Fellowship. It, 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 I, it's all usually a toss-up between this one and Two Towers for me on which one's my favorite. I like Two Towers the best. Yeah. But I also like the uh, the Siege of Isengard, so... With the Ents. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I was like, Siege of Isengard? But yeah. That's a, that's great. Fuck it. There's one that's on fire and goes sprinting into the water. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's my only problem with Two Towers is how slow it gets when they're trying to talk to the Ents. And that's, that's a point. That's point. But We've it's just slow. finished saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> also voiced by Gimli, for those who don't know. Yes. John Reese davies Who, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the tallest people in the group, played the dwarf. Is he really that tall? I think he's one of the tallest. Oh, that's funny. Also, I think he was the only one of the group who didn't get the tattoo because he was allergic to something in the ink. So his uh, stuntman got the tattoo. Yeah. I didn't know it was because he was allergic to something I, in the I, ink. I, I thought I, he just literally didn't want to get the tattoo, so he I, sent a stunt double. I heard that it was because he was allergic to something, but... I, I bet he's faking that shit. <laughs> I, don't, I couldn't tell you, honestly. Mm. But let me tell you, things you don't want to be allergic to are things that go under your skin and are permanent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like to have. I was yeah. like, well... Uh, that'd be something I would like to be allergic to because it's easy to avoid. Well, that's true. A tattoo is pretty easy to avoid. It's not like dogs and cats. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. But it would suck to f- not... I mean, how the fuck are you supposed to find that out until you go get a tattoo? Would that itch permanently? I don't know. Or I know you think I'm, I'm, like it would just like reject it or whatever? I had, I had a reaction to a henna, ta- a henna tattoo one time. Really? Yeah. Um, so I when I was down in Mexico, I got a henna tattoo. And then... Uh, you had a rash that looked just like your henna tattoo. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Yes, at the end of the day, yes. Oh, but uh, like I was swimming, like uh, like it was tile and like 
there were they had like these chairs built into the pool that were oh, like tile. That's cool. And I was like swimming between them and shit because you know I could, but I, my arm would scrape against it where the tattoo was. Mm. And then they gave you free touch ups, so I got it touched up. My arm was scraped up, so that that got like right in under the oh, skin. Oh fuck! Uh, and I was like, I'm like, this really fucking hurts. Uh. Um, I finished it anyways, <laughs> and then fucking like two days after we got home, I was in the shower. And I, yeah, it was just like I had this big fucking like scar almost like, like it's I don't know how the fuck to describe it. But was it, was, it like raised up? Yeah, it was raised up. Okay. Just like, and it was the exact shape of the tattoo. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not fucking good. <laughs> Do you remember what the tattoo was? Yes, it was a yin-yang symbol with skulls instead of circles. Oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, I was a sophomore in high school. Of course that was fucking cool. <laughs> um, but, uh, Edgy as shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was one of the available designs at the, the place. Right. Um, so when I got my first tattoo, I was like, I actually asked the artist, I'm like, so they have henna and it does. And they're like, no. Because evidently I'm allergic to henna. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Another tattoo. What? And then I got another tattoo. Yes, he did. Two weeks that ago. one did have henna in it. If he, he has did, to I get a skin graft. Oh. <laughs> he has to get it permanent. Like the skin around the tattoo has to be cut off, but he's still gonna frame that. Yeah. Grossly. <laughs> Preserve it from aldehyde. Ugh. Gross. Ew. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> Fellowship of the Rings. That sounds like something Hannibal Lecter would have in his office. Yeah, the tattoo of his like most tasty victim. Yeah, <laughs> soak it in formaldehyde, or just apple cider vinegar. Yeah, we'll eat or it both. like a salt and vinegar chip later. Um, I all right, like Nick's character in D and D where he made the goblin jerky. Oh yeah. Um. Shit, yeah. I think that's the end of the podcast. I mean, yeah. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. Great movie. Great start to a great trilogy. Uh, great acting. Great cinematography. Well directed. Yeah. Like, no one even says like bad shit about the Lord of the Rings movies, really. Nick Except did for recently. Christopher Tolkien. Nick did recently, and he said that he felt like the audio was weirdly synced up with the mouths. Really? But, yeah. But I don't know. That could have just been some weird delay or some shit. He probably I, had smoothing on on his PlayStation probably. when he was watching it. So... But yeah, other than that, good damn movie. Yeah, for sure. Damn good movie. 8.8 out of 10 on IMDb. So So out of all 16 movies, as we whittled out... Oh, so for both episodes then? Yeah, both episodes. What was your favorite movie from this list? Oh, shit. Um, What were the first six we did again? Toy Story, Story, Incredibles. Incredibles, Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man 2. Tommy Boy, Princess Bride. Okay, so those... Or A Christmas Story, Forrest Gump. Whiplash. Thank you. I almost said bleed for this. Whiplash, Demolition Man, Mad Max Fury Road, Terminator 2, and Lord of the Rings. Uh, Sorry, 17 movies. We ended up, we ended with, sorry, not 17 movies, fucking 13 movies. Yeah, I, I don't even know. Mine's Whiplash. Your, Whiplash is your favorite out of all these? Out of all 13 movies, Whiplash is my favorite. Actually, yeah. it's it's tough. If I, I'll pick a top... I'll do a top three, and it's the three that I said are closest to being perfect. Whiplash, <laughs> Mad Max, and Spider-Verse. And okay. that's in no particular order. Okay. See, like, I can... I fucking always hate the favorite movie question. Even, like, if someone was say, your favorite movie right now, I fucking hate it, because 
I always pick a movie for whatever mood I'm in. You know, like Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Like, I guess I would have to call that my favorite out of all these because I guess whatever mood I'm in, I can usually watch that. Yeah. You know? Even if I'm only able to watch a segment of it because it is fucking long. <laughs> it's um, long. I, it still doesn't dampen it for me. I don't mind watching part of it because mm-hmm. I've seen it so many times. I just know how it plays out from that whatever point I'm stopping at or whatever point I'm starting at. I know what happened previous. Um, yeah, I guess I'd go with Fellowship of the Ring. Right. What is this thing in the background? Scary Scar- movies still, oh. or scary stars to tell in the dark. I was going to say, because this guy looks like the pink orc that storms Minas Tirith. Yeah. <laughs> the scarecrow from that movie, I guess. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah. Sponsor of scary stories to tell in the dark. <laughs> or Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. My friend Nick signed you into the DreamWorks building, so. Huh. Yeah. Nick Lottacina, who was yeah. on uh, the he told us about the Dreamcast episode. Nick Cage's Dr. Blue oh, Jay or some shit. Yeah, Dr. Blue Jay, I think it was, yeah. Um, yeah, well, what a anticlimactic way to end the podcast. Well, I think I think we had a lot of really decent discussion over these movies. At least had a decent amount of like gushing over the movies. A little nice change of pace from the, you know, discussing and getting wildly off-topic films that we one or... One or neither of us had seen. Um, by the way, that also just reminded me, I want to quick say something else about Fellowship. The fact that they, spoiler alert, quote-unquote, kill off Gandalf at the end of it. Yes. Or, well, not even the end of it. Like, no, there's like... Within the last hour and a half, maybe? At least, at least I think, like, the last hour of the extended edition. He okay, yeah. dead by. Gandalf is gone for the last hour <laughs> of uh, Fellowship. And I don't know, I don't think they did in the trailers for Two Towers. Did they hint that Gandalf I comes back? I mean, if for anyone who fucking read the books, wouldn't have known. Nope. But, I mean, they would have treated it like any other spoiler for the fucking Game of Thrones. Anyone who read the books would have known, but they probably didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, fucking Red Wedding. <laughs> so, I would say, like, they even treated, like, the, the whole, like, story arc of the whole movies, all the movies well like that they're just gonna like kill off gandalf and they're gonna pretend like he's never coming back yep the there's no idea there's no thought like or nudge like he'll be back don't worry like like they would have like they did at the end of batman versus superman where the dirt raises off the coffin where you can it's which obvious is he's going to come back they, that which is that's not how they brought him back in justice league isn't i still haven't seen it no <laughs> i own it i still haven't seen it no i i liked it it wasn't i don't think it's as bad as everybody says it Right. Definitely way fucking better than Suicide Squad. So. That's fine then. May, I will watch it then. Because yeah. I've seen Suicide Squad three too many times and I've seen it twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Okay, so that's all. That's the last thing I wanted to say. But yeah. yeah um, I'd say this move, or this podcast, both these podcasts, for as off-topic as we do get, is probably more focused than all the other yeah. ones we have done. And again, I think it helps because we popcorn around uh, different movies. Yeah. And we're talking about stuff we emphatically enjoy. Yes, and have seen. <laughs> right. So, but, so Jake, where can the good people find you? Uh, at Jake underscore Lavoy on Twitter and Insta. Uh, John? Uh, I'm at Rosendoom2 on Twitter, Rosendoom1 on Instagram. The podcast is at LTTS Podcast on Twitter and Late to the Podcast on Instagram. Yep. Uh, go ahead. Uh, currently trying to make a short film or crowdfunding for it on Indiegogo. We've yeah. recently got some Four more days. donations. Four days left. Four days. As of this recording, so by the time this goes up to. As of Monday, July 29th. Yes. Um, 
four days left. So donate by Friday. Please. Or get fucked. <laughs> no, don't get fucked. We appreciate everyone who's donated yes. and everyone who's shared for sure. Um, but yeah. Oh, so that's at uh, Roleplay Film on Twitter and Instagram, which yep. we haven't really posted for because we're yep. kind of shitty at that. Well, it's because we don't have a whole lot of updates to go for it right now. I guess. We probably could have updated for every fucking donation we got. Too late now. <laughs> um, but yeah. And I've also been trying to think of ways to uh, be more active on social medias and stuff. I've so, noticed. <laughs> yeah. Experimenting with. But um, yeah. So we're trying to put out more. And uh, I'm glad that we've done these two podcasts because... Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and it helped. I think it helped kind of refresh. I think we need it because we've been done like twenty five episodes of kind of the same format. It's felt a little stagnant as it kind of gone on. So I'm yeah. glad we we should do this every once in a while. Yeah, it's just kind of you know you gotta refresh, just do so change change of pace, nice right. change of pace. And now we can start prepping for the perfect guest list. Also, yes, we're gonna have a list of. Of the five people who've guested on here, we're gonna rank them in our in order of best guest to worst guest. <laughs> yeah, um, Nick, you're going at the bottom. Just because also the for top, both of them, been on their twice. No, both at the bottom. Because let's see, we've had Laud was our first guest, and Jordan. Yeah, no, no, I guess no. My brother Nick was before. No, no, no. Nick was Jordan. before Jordan. Okay, so Nick Laudasina, Nick Rosebloom, Jordan. Molly. Nick Laudacina actually two appearing. Okay, because he, he was at he was the here, end. He was the tail of end of one that we were recording anyways, and then we recorded another Still so, counts. <laughs> I don't count him as a really recurring one because of the fact that he wasn't really supposed to be on that podcast. We just nabbed him for the end. <laughs> he just happened to show up at the apartment yes. that time. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, it went Nick, Nick, Jordan. Molly. Molly. Or Kate, Kate Molly. Oh, Kate, Molly. Nick, 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 Jordan, Kate, Molly, Nick. Yeah. Six. Uh, We've had five, five guests, five five unique guests, six guest spots. Right. So we still need to get Ray, Dylan. Uh, Others. Yeah. Probably get Greg on at some point. Yeah. I have to talk to him about it, though. Yeah. I haven't talked to Greg in a while. Yeah, Hope you're doing good, Greg. Andrew. We can get Andrew on. Oh, yeah. Andrew would be a good one, but he's going back to school. Oh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Um, all right, well, Kevin Smith, we can keep trying. <laughs> yeah, that was a half-assed attempt, wasn't it? It was, but you tweeted at him, I tweeted at him, and the podcast tweeted at him. So yeah, whoever runs that thing. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of jokers over there. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, what are we doing next week? Well, we've got a couple movies that we could possibly do, um, but I think let's, let's let's just leave it up in the air for now. All right, cool. Sounds good. Uh, tune in for something. Don't be late. Oh, boy. Ooh.